Welcome to the Hoop Fiends, the NBA podcast guaranteed to become a weekly podcast once the playoffs turn over. <laughs> if you like front runners, you're going to love us. Ladies and gentlemen, we are entering hoodie mellow mode. Ramadan Hakeem Olajuwon territory. I see the Ramadan Kyrie now too. MJ pizza game. I refuse to call it the MJ flu game. Michael Jordan did not have the flu. He just had a bad pizza. Whatever you want to call it, we're about to go sicko mode. Very 2017 reference, but we're here for it. <laughs> the plot lines for the league are about to climax, and God damn it, so are we. Let's. <laughs> we're all really excited to bring that because a, uh, a set of playing games that were not worthy of anyone climaxing, but we're still really appreciate it, which is very similar to a lot of people's lives. <laughs> but uh, what is this intro is off the walls already? It's off the walls. Riley leaves, and I just get untamed. I guess. Yeah, you're like I don't need to worry about Riley reacting to what I'm going to say, so I can say whatever. <laughs> no, not quite the case, but I guess I, I haven't done one of these in a while, so I just feel unhinged. <laughs> but if you're still with us, we're going to be covering what was a good set of playing games. Nothing. No, what's weird? The games, a handful of them were close, but still, like, could care less. Like, they just weren't the There was no the storyline. It was only a four-point game, but yeah. didn't feel like it. But things are kicking off in the playoffs. The drama's going to be at an all-time high this year. Steve, I saw this. I want to run this by you. I even took a screenshot of it on my phone. Look at this. These are all players who were in the playoffs under the age of 25, or at least made the play-in. Luka Doncic, Jason Tatum. Bam Adebayo, Jared Allen, Miles Bridges, Brandon Ingram, Ann Edwards, Trey Young, John Morant, Tyler Hero, Evan Mobley, DeAndre Ayton, LaMelo Ball, Desmond Bain, Scotty Barnes, Triple J, Rob Williams, John Collins. Um, who else do we have here? I, <laughs> this is terrible. In real time, you were seeing me taking a beat to identify this person. <laughs> this is OG Edenumi. It took me a moment. I didn't know his face off the bat, but I got it now. I Jordan knew it was Cole a raptor. And Darius Carlin. They're all just big guys. They're all standing up in this photo, so it's tough. These players, these players are standing. But is that nuts how crazy talented this league is? Like, we're approaching a expansion. I'm fully convinced of it. Yeah, dude, wait, that was amazing. Literally every player you just said, I think you named, like, a lot of people were really good players. That's All like, under 25. It's that's ridiculous. so exciting. I love everything about yeah, this. Yeah, I can't wait for this. But, yeah, um, in typical Hoop Fiends fashion, uh, we promised you pods every Sunday. And then, of course, we just neglected the fact that the next Sunday after we first recorded was Easter. So that was a, already a botch. But here we are recording. Monday but if we're talking about he is risen. We're talking about truly him, not just Ann Edwards. Yeah, literally. Uh, so we're recording Monday night. Uh, some game twos have been in action. Uh, we're, we're most of our content tonight's not really going to include any reactions from game two. I'm sure some stuff will slip in. Obviously, the Maxi Cleveland we're going to mention because that was amazing, and some stuff yes. along the lines of Jalen Brunson. But we'll get into that. Um, but to start it off, we're going to go all the way back to Tuesday night, the start of the play-in. And feels like years ago. It literally feels like years ago. <laughs> it was almost a different time period, and it's really not that interesting, all these games. So we're going to kind of fly through uh, this play-in recap just because, like we said earlier, there's really not that much to talk about, and especially because we've already kind of moved on into round one. So uh, kicking it off uh, on Tuesday night was the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Brooklyn Nets in a rematch of a game we saw in person. Yeah. 
Uh, the Nets were able to squeak it out. I say squeak it out because they pretty much dominated this entire game, yet somehow the Cavs just like kept it close and kept battling. They fell asleep at the wheel in the second half. Very was, similar to the game that we saw, their last regular season home literally game. Literally the exact same type of game. Yeah. And I think, honestly, that's uh, – I mean, we can get into the Nets more later on in the pod, but I think that's just really indicative of where this team's at. I don't think that is a huge win for the Nets. The Cavs were kind of banged up. Took kind of fell off a cliff the second half of the season. But again, I, I will not put disrespect on that team's name, especially with you on the other end of the microphone. Oh, of course. Uh, they're an incredible team. And I think it, it, a little bit of even better story and surprise than the Grizzlies were in the West. I really just did not think the Cavs would do anything that substantial. So, I mean, we'll get you'll have a full speech prepared for them. You're giving them, you know, the, the best you man you speech, have. but <laughs> pretty. Pretty good game. And even against the uh, – we'll just go into the rest of the Cavs' life in the plan. They put up a pretty good fight in their next game against the Hawks. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, mean, I feel like the biggest takeaway in this game before we move on is just that it was. it's just clear Brooklyn's defense isn't right. It's just not like we wondered if they were able to just – were going to be able to just turn it on in the playoffs. And, like, no, Darius Garland dropped an easy 34 on them. Karis LeVert took over the fourth yeah. quarter relatively easily. And it's like their lineups just – they don't really play elite-level defense. And if they can't really close out the Cavs easily, we're going to see there's going to be issues closing out other teams. And it already like was a problem in game one. Yeah. They mean, they can do all right, you know, down in the paint, but their perimeter defense is really off. You can't expect Andre Drummond to come off of the block all that much and really keep up no, with any kind of speed. He's, yeah. a mat- he's a matchup nightmare against certain teams. It's just not – it's not ideal. Uh, but no. moving on to probably the best game, I'd say, of the playing tournament uh, was the T-Wolves taking down the Clippers 109-104. to Paul yeah, George actually played in this game. And it was – It looked I mean, like you it. Could, you could say it's the Ann Edwards game, but I like to call this game the Pat Bev game. I think that was amazing. Pat Bev had the energy of no one I've ever seen before. I've never seen Pat Bev even play like that. It was absolutely amazing. The crowd I didn't really crazy. understand. I mean – I can't tell if it's just Pat Bev being himself and, like, just taking, like, feeding off that energy and, like, hoping that radiates to his teammates and giving them, like, a fake narrative to play for. But is there really that much beef between him and L.A.? I think he's just, like, pissed they got rid of him. He's like, <laughs> guys, I, and maybe he's right. He's like, I'm the heart and soul of the Clippers. Why did you get rid of me? And I truly – He played for them for what? I tr- four or five years? Yeah, five, years? Like, but he was there – before Kawhi and Paul George, yeah, games, exactly. I remember right. So, like, I don't know. I felt like he felt like he wanted to help them win a title and was a pretty Absolutely. big part of it. And, like, he, I truly believe that he felt like he was one of the best players on the Clippers and then them just disrespecting him and singing it off. I think the narrative is nonsense, but it, it exists in his head. So, and it clearly well, mentioned it, it, Remember going through the last dance, how, like, Michael Jordan would just, like, sometimes, like, make up fake beef to, like, psych himself up? I, I kept yeah. thinking it's a little bit of, it's, I think it's partially that. Well, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I and, mean, like, it works because his teammates feed off of it. You saw Ann Edwards feeding off of it. And, like, yeah, Ant's, like, an electric factory on his own, but, like, you could tell he was feeding into whatever Pat Bev was getting. Like, Pat Bev was hopping on the table after this game. And, like, and, and, and we're just up there with him. Like, he was having a ball. Cat was miserable, but that's a whole other story. He played, like, garbage. But, I mean. He, yeah, he definitely um definitely redeemed himself in the in game one that we'll get to. I was really concerned if this is just who he is in games that matter. But I yeah, think he was, can actually. I think he tried to get that game out of the system. That could have been a nightmare. I was dreading the fact. Yeah. That. 
like I, I texted you guys during the game. I was like, I just like I felt bad for Cat. Like, not only that he was playing bad, but oh, like no. he fouled out, and then his team went on the run to come back and win the game. And it was so. I was like, oh, I wanted Cat to be a part of this. I love Cat so much. The T Wolves are so fun when he's successful, and it was just it was really really like sad that he didn't get to be like a. Part I hated of that. that. Was it in the third quarter that he fell out or early fourth? Uh, well, so he picked up his I think fifth. It was seven minutes left in the fourth. He picked up his fifth foul early in the third quarter, so like barely played a lot of the third, and then fouled out in the in the fourth quarter early on, like you just said. So mm-hmm. he just didn't get to play much at all. Yeah, I do think it is huge that they – I mean, that we're going to get <laughs> – I think top three phrases we say in this pod is we're going to get into it, but <laughs> – Because we will get into it. <laughs> we will get into it, but – We'll get into it, but could you imagine what it would have been like if they lost this game? It would have been like, oh, same old Timberwolves. Like, they've been in situations like this before where they are just, like, just happy to be there in the playoffs but never making any actual noise. So, And they're clearly not in a situation now. I think they are generally competing with Memphis. It's going to be a really, really tight series. But just thank God it's that's not all it was, and he was well, kind of bailed out. And, like, well, I actually have a question for you after I give this statement, but I mean, it truly meant a lot this game because play the difference between playing Memphis and playing Phoenix in the first round is literally yeah, a chance huge. to move on or a chance to maybe win one game against Phoenix because Phoenix is that good. And, like, Memphis is just, as much as we love them, they're inexperienced and we saw in yeah. game one, which we'll get into. But, <laughs> but like, it's just, it really meant a lot. And if the T-Wolves proved that it meant a lot and it, they really showed up in, uh, in a big moment. And now my question for you, John, what is your take on like the celebrations and the fans going wild and Pat Bev going wild? Cause that was a hot topic back on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, it was long. It was people really were talking about it more than I thought. And it was huge. It was like, like they really, really enjoyed it, it over the top. But like, you got to let it happen because it's the Wolves, right? <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. This is like their second playoff trip, I think, in 15 years. Yeah. The, the part of my take guys actually had a good take on all of this situation. They're like, dude, Minnesota fans have been through like the absolute worst of times. Like, just let them have it. Let them have fun. It's let them have it too. And like, I don't know. I think it's just the perfect sport for it. Like, I think if you're not into this, you're not into like the modern NBA. Like, yeah, like let it happen, man. Like, if the Knicks won a seven eight game, I'd be going crazy. Like, that'd be the best oh, yeah. game of my life. Like, let again, like let's let's like think about it a little bit more like practically what really happened. Pat Bev stood on the scorers table, threw his jersey into the crowd. I think they like all just like kind of rushed the court and hung out there for a little bit longer. And like, he hopped on like IG Live and was like popping off against the Clippers. Again, that's those things happen. I, I didn't think it was that out of the ordinary. I think maybe there was more eyes on it because it was a playing game. Yeah, I, I really don't think it was that big of a deal, personally. It was awesome. Good for them. And I, apparently, Patrick Beverly's really sorry about this. So let it happen. And like, I don't know, they came from behind. It's worthy of it. And then you know what? For like for a lackluster playing tournament, I'm glad we have one solid memory. I think that's how the plans will go. I think last year we were a bit spoiled with the Lakers and the Warriors making it just because of the way that their seasons went last year. I don't think you can always expect two blockbuster teams to be in it like that. No, yeah, you can't. Um, and I don't know. I was just really excited, like you said, in general. Um, but I was not excited about the Clippers' loss. I mean, we'll talk about them when no, they – No, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about them more uh, about when they play uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. Well, it was an ideal scenario because they're – you know, that Pelicans game, have they won it, that round one matchup is so much more exciting than what we're going to get. Exactly. But uh, for now, we'll move on to our next set of playing games. 
Um, our next game was on Wednesday night. Uh, this was also just a complete rout. Uh, Atlanta Hawks blew out the Charlotte Hornets, 132-103. Um, I really don't know if I have much of a take on this game. I mean, I actually picked the Hornets to win, but, like, they just clearly weren't ready. And I really don't know how much more I have to say about it. They just were outmatched by the experience of Trey Young. Yeah, like yourself. So if you guys really care about the Hoop Fiends, you'll hop on and follow us all individually on Twitter. We'll be, you know, live to and all throughout the playoffs. Steve's a great follow because you just threw out something I relate to all too well. I'm just traumatized by Trey Young, and I just <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to bet against him in big games. It's, it's he's literally terrifying. He's one of the most clutch players. He loves playing on the road in these vicious environments, and like yeah. he just he, he I mean he has some bad games, but like. You just never believe that, like, he's not going to show up. Even if he's having a bad game, you still expect him to make a big shot because yeah. he just has that in him, and it's really scary. And it's, he just always comes through, it seems like. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we, this is always, like, my, you know, quick, like, off-the-cuff elevator pitch on Trey, but I'm able to kind of have this, like, love-to-hate-him relationship with him because he's such a different player than I thought he'd be. He's putting up numbers identical to – guards and different players in the league that have names that no one's heard of in decades or people who are age really don't talk about. He's always like, oh, Trey Young and Tiny Archibald. <laughs> right? Because like, I think he's the first person since Tiny Archibald to have the most points and assists in a single season. Like, He's really a, like a very selfless player out there and like at right moments can make other players around him better. He can like get to the cup so much like quicker than most other guards in the league. I really thought he would be just like nonstop, like just relentless with the three ball, but he can really do it off. No, yeah, he's he's a special player. But I mean Hornet seems a mess. I think they didn't really go out and get Lamelo too much help at all around the trade deadline. I think they kind of like sunk their costs and were like, all right, next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's no, they know they're not winning a title. Like why mortgage anything in the future? Like they tried, they got Montrez, like it didn't really work. Well, I don't think we'll be there next year. No, and, like, in in the future, it's, like, you just can't have Plumley running around as your starting center. Like, they know they have to upgrade that spot. And, like, Plumley's a fine backup, but he's just not going to be the guy moving forward. But they have a bright future. Man. I really like their players. Do they have to pay Miles Bridges this upcoming offseason? Um, probably soon, because I know Mikel Bridges got an extension, so it's definitely got to be soon if it's yeah, the offseason. It's going to be next Yeah, year. it's definitely coming up. Did you see anything, anything of the post-game interview with Montrez? With Montrez? No, I didn't. He was just like, this is typical. Like, I didn't get the time I wanted all year long. He's just – he's out. Yeah, he, he yeah he's done. He's like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care about Charlotte. Like, it's kind of weird to see him be like a journeyman already. I did think, like, he was just like – he won um, sixth man of the year with the Clippers the well, year he, that they – He was amazing blew, with them. Lead. Yeah, so it was really weird. Another player's career who was ruined by LeBron James. I mean, that's the Plinka family, all them. Plinka, the, the bus eye, buses. The bus eye. Uh, right. Miles Bridges has one last year on his rookie contract for all the Miles Bridges fans listening. Yeah, they'll be happy we got that correct. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You know, came just yet. But, yeah, uh, bad game. Our next game on Wednesday, again, I, I don't think I give any – I don't have a take about this. I don't even care. Uh, was the New Orleans Hornets beating the Spurs, who won, like, 10 games this season. 113 to 103. Uh, I mean, it was like a relatively close game. Like the Hornets had like a big lead that they blew it. And the the, Horn, uh, the Spurs fought back into it. DeJounte didn't play well at all. 
That's really my no. only like, but, but he has a, he really had to do everything. Yeah, it's like what when he when he has Josh Primo and like Devin. I was about to say I'm, I have the box score up right now. I'm like, what he has guards I've never heard of. <laughs> Literally, and it's like they just I think Pirtle. Like Pirtle's not that good. He's fine, but like that's like their second best player. And I like Kelvin yeah, Johnson. Too. Kelvin Johnson's good, but I did too. He's been fun. Uh, that like that was the first national TV game of the Spurs all year, which was funny. And like, I don't know if I've really ever sat down and watched a full, full Spurs game, like full attention. Like I watched a lot of Dejounte just because I liked him, but I really don't have a take. It's like the New Orleans, uh, New Orleans had to win this game, and they did. There's no, yeah. CJ's awesome. That's what I'll say. If they won, it would have been like the genius of Popovich. Is he cruising to another title? It's like if they put the right guys with him, can he win one more in the next couple of years? Yeah, that would have gone away when it's out through. But no, I think he actually like there's like rumors of retirement. Yeah, that his did you get to hear his post game press conference? Because that one was funny. I think I caught some clips of it where he was just like really like by the books wanting to talk about like individual guys' performances. Like anytime they asked him about retirement, he was like, Is that what we came out here to talk about today? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, my favorite was uh, the one of the good uh, San Antonio reporters was just like, so like you think you'll be back here to do it again next year? And then Pop was like, who Devin? Like Devin Vassell? Like he's like, no. I mean, I mean you. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't care if Devin's gonna be back. And then Pop's like, I don't want to talk about it right now. That's inappropriate. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah, I caught that. Yeah, he's yeah, great. It was so funny. Reporters don't know who Devin Vassell is. He's definitely gonna be back. Well, he's like a rookie. Yeah, there was at least a second year player, but uh, all right, moving on. We had Thursday off for just to regroup and catch our breaths, and then Friday, the second round of the play in. Uh, these games were better, I'll say. Atlanta, yeah, yeah, Atlanta took down Cleveland 107 101, which I mean, this game was a battle to the end. The Cavs fought, Trey Young was just Trey Young again. We already said our piece on Trey Young, but. I don't know if you have any other takes before I go off on the Cavs, John. He had a wild logo shot. Trey Young looked great. Uh, yeah, the Cavs like kind of did exactly – actually, kind of did the reverse of what they usually do. They actually had a pretty substantial lead at the start of the game and then fell apart late game. Yeah, I mean, uh, they got Jared Allen back too, which I thought was going to play a much bigger role. And, like, yeah. Karis LeVert got a little hot. But Garland, Garland just didn't play the game you expected Garland to play. Uh, with Trey Young guarding him and what nine of twenty seven, you're not going to yeah. win a game when Garland's shooting that well. I mean, Mobley played well. Karis LeVert was fine. He had four threes. Markinen had an incredible game for people who have Laurie Markinen style, like Bill Simmons. He had, yes. he had six threes. That's like you can't ask for much more after being uh, a ghost for the past few weeks. But yeah, in the end, it was close, and it just came down to. Uh, just came down to the better player, and Trey Young won out over yep. Darius Garland here. He's like truly carrying them, though. If no one was also in twenty that game on the Hawks, no, no, it was really, really bad. <laughs> like, and that's what I think is going to show up in the postseason this year. It's, they're just not as good as last year's team. And I think the only other thing we got to mention about Atlanta here uh, before I go off about Cleveland uh, was the Quinn Capella injury. I think that's going to be the biggest storyline to come out of this play-in tournament altogether. Uh, because that's – I mean, they're going to be incompetitive without Clint Capella. They're not going to have anyone to guard Bam. That's going to be a disaster against the Heat, and that's probably the la- one of the last people besides Trey. They yeah, actually, the like, I can't find out. another center on their roster. Well, they got, they got a Kung Wu, who I, I kind of like, but, like, he's not he's not who you want guarding Bam at a bio. No. They actually need Dwayne Dedman back yeah. from Miami. They had trade for him. But, yeah, I mean – 
all around incredible season from the Hawks. This, I mean, I mean, this. I'm gonna now bid farewell to my Cavaliers. This is an incredible season. You couldn't have asked for much more from them this year. I really, really, truly believe that if they stayed healthy throughout the whole year, I mean, they were up at the two seat before everything went to shit. Yeah, Jared Allen stays healthy. If Ricky Rubio stays healthy, this team. Oh, I Ricky really, was so sad. I really, truly believed in this team, and I, I truly believe they have a really bright future. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Colin Sexton moving forward. They, they have him on a restricted contract. It's going to be whether or not they want to match a contract, sign and trade, or what are they? I don't know what they're going to do. But is there but, anywhere where he can play with Darius at this point? Maybe I, I wouldn't be that surprised if they tried to give it a shot. You know, I feel like it could work out. Um, they could do a thing where they try to give it a shot and then you know shove him at before the deadline. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I was just in general so proud of them. I really loved watching them. A resurgent Kevin Love was so much fun. Literally, I Isaac Okoro was just so much fun. Lori Markman awesome. hitting threes every game, amazing. Mobley, my rookie of the year, fantastic. I just. I'm so excited I love Jared. to Jared's always been the player that I wish Mitchell Robinson was. Yeah, literally. And he's an all-star for a reason. He's going to have a bright future. Uh, and moving forward, I'm just really, really excited to see what happens. With and they have the rightful most improved player, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. He definitely – we're all in the camp that Ja really shouldn't be winning this award. Yeah. I mean, this is not an awards pod, but just the, let's just park him back really quickly. If it's, like, literally, like, you moved up in your pay grade and, like, in your job description, it's Jordan Poole. He's just playing, he's just playing like, in a whole different league than he was two years ago. But I think, yeah, I would – I would vote for Darius once this pod blows up and we get enough media attention to have a vote. For sure. All right. Uh, to close out the play-in, uh, we had New Orleans upsetting. The, well, I wouldn't call it an upset because once Paul George was ruled out with COVID, the Clippers that game was were, close. Yeah, the Clippers were turned into the underdog, but it still turned into a fight. The Clippers under Ty Lue are always going to fight against you. But in the end, the, Clip, uh, the Hornets were able to win out. It was a huge Brandon Ingram game. It was a huge Larry Nance game. That was one of the best games. Yeah. Of Nance. Wow. I've Larry never, Nance. Literally. I've never seen Larry Nance put up a stat line like that. That was amazing. I used to be dying for Larry Nance to be a dick. Isn't that weird? <laughs> when she was, like, doing all right with LeBron in 18. That's fine. I, I never had the future. I've, I've always been excited about Larry Nance. He's always been fun. <laughs> so I'm not going to hate that take. But, um, I mean, yeah, I don't really have much of a – take about this just because Paul George didn't play. If Paul George played yeah. and they lost, then there's a lot of lot of takes. Like then pandemic pees back. Yes. But it's just such a clippers curse for him to enter protocols right before this. Like if this is your team, like you're you're melting down. Do you watch if you're a Clippers fan? Yeah, it's just sat. Like yeah it uh, sucks. I mean you still probably tune great. in Reggie Jackson's amazing. We're a Reggie Jackson pod and he was absolutely, absolutely. amazing in that game. Yeah he Put on 27. Yeah, and senior was good too, if I remember right. I think he had like 25 points. But Mark, the rest Mark, of them, yeah, I mean, they just couldn't compete. They weren't – I wish – I don't think they got enough use out of Norman Powell. I don't know why. I really like Norman Powell, but they had him coming off the bench and only playing uh, – I'm looking up 23 minutes. And I just think in a game like that without Paul George, he should be getting like 40 minutes. Like – I mean, I like a lot of their wings. Nick Batum. Looks like they let Terrence out there for way too long. Yeah, Nick Batum is getting 33 minutes. I like Covington. Off of two points. That's like a borderline Snell-like stat. Yeah, it's. I think Norman Powell should have been way more used in that game. 
but that's probably well, he was there like mid season, like trade acquisition. And it looks like they really weren't like backing down into the tank. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's Tyloo getting a little too cute, but there's not. I mean, what are they going to do again? Star players out. Paul George also has COVID. Like it was never meant to be for the Clippers this year, as much as I wanted that to happen. But, you know, it's a really strange thing I've been suffering through this past week. So I don't, I don't know how it happened. I just like liked enough like Clippers and Lakers tweets that my Twitter <laughs> algorithm is now like thrown me into like a beef between <laughs> different like accounts. So I just get so many promoted posts being like, it's such bullshit that everyone comes down on like the failed Lakers experiment where the past three years, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George have only played X amount of games, spent all this money, sent all these picks to. Oklahoma City for them and gave away SGA. I'm like, I need to stop seeing these things. <laughs> it's just like different LA fans like beefing over who has had the worst year. But now yeah. I actually, I, now I'm thinking about it and now I'm having these thoughts because my phone is hacked by brain. I see these posts now. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? And I like, actually am thinking about this. I'm like, can you guys just both like, like roll with the fact that you've just been like really unlucky? I yeah. think, I think the Clippers actually should just get healthy. I think they have like a pretty good backbone of a team. Yeah, the Clippers have a much higher like future still, whereas the Lakers are just like yeah. fucked. What are they gonna like? They're really they're playing unless, Russell Westbrook. That's what they're gonna do. No, yeah, unless LeBron or AD just like get like healthy and like can stay healthy for a full season, which is unfair to expect at this point. They're just screwed. Whereas Kawhi and Paul George are probably gonna come back next year healthy and be ready to go. So yeah, I mean, obviously the Lakers have the edge right now because they have a ring, even if it is a Mickey Mouse ring, but. The Clippers should be able to. I still think they can get a ring in the next like three years. The West so. is weird. Yeah. See what happens. All right. Uh, so that'll do it for our uh, play in little recap. So, congrats to the Hornets for, I mean, the Pelicans, sorry, the old New Orleans Hornets, but the Pelicans for hey. surviving. Uh, I think it's that was tough. probably the only real surprise of the tournament was that they were able to get past the Clippers. Um, yeah, definitely. A lot of people thought the Hawks were going to get through. That wasn't too unexpected, but I would have loved the Cavs to do it, but it was never going to happen. Yeah, the, yeah, the Cavs-Nets upset would have been happening, but I think we learned a lot about the Nets through that series, so I'm happy that I could expose them a bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so we're going to kind of move into the first round of the, uh, the playoffs. Um, obviously, like we said earlier, all the That's game ones of every series has happened, and then we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, a few games have taken place. Uh, but again, we'll try and we're trying not to let those leak into our takes because we already kind of have everything we want to say written down and all that. So um, and then what we're going to do, we're going to go game by game, just like we did for the plan, kind of recap it and then preview the rest of the series. Um, and then from there, after we do that for every game and every series, we're going to give our star leap, our role player and our disappointment uh, for the rest of uh, the playoffs. And then we're going to go through our bracket. We're going to go through who me and John think is going to advance through every series and eventually win the NBA title. So uh, great. yeah, we're going to get it's right good. into it because this is probably going to be one of our favorite podcasts. We love this playoff pod. It's so much fun to talk these opening rounds and kind of give our predictions. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a blast, but also like our evidence to hold ourselves honest to you. You can hold go back to it and kind of just create a little roadmap for ourselves. Well, yeah. I can't, th- see, this is- I can't wait to see how my, uh, my thoughts are just completely betraying me. Well, right. This is what <laughs> starts the roller This is what starts the roller coaster because first I'll take a team, then next round I'll take the other team. And then by the third round, it's like I've I've bet against this team once and bet for them once. 
I hate them, but I love them. And that's what happened with the Bucks last yeah. year. So Flippers never win, but thank God we're not trying to win anything here. Exactly. All right. Kicking it off on Saturday. A very, very solid game. Utah took down the Dallas Mavericks 99-93. No Luka. That's the biggest storyline. Yeah. Luka was, is not I think he's looking game. hopeful at best, like, late in series. I don't think he's, like, expected for, like, he didn't play tonight. I don't think he's expected for game three. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have, like, a serious, serious industry, uh, injury, but, like, a hammy strain or whatever it is isn't, like, easy to just come right back from. Like, regular season, he's probably missing, like, four or five weeks. So, obviously, we probably expect him to kind of tough it out late in the series if they absolutely need him, and they probably will. Uh, but, I mean – you know what they're going to do. They're, they're probably like, let's see how our team looks without him and see if he can get healthier. And, well, looks like they're doing, like, all right with that. Exactly. And, I mean, game one was a battle to the end. Utah kind of led for most of it, but Dallas never went away. Final two minutes, they closed it within two on a Maxi Kleba three, but then Utah just was able to seal the deal at the free throw line. Royce O'Neal hit a massive three, his only bucket of the game. I saw that. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, and they were able to hold on and fight off the Lucas Mavs. Uh, John, do you have any big takeaways from this game? A astounding five points from Rudy Gobert. Nice job. <laughs> Zero assists. What a playmaker. <laughs> well, Rudy got 17 rebounds. It's a killer, man. It's like clockwork. It's crazy. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I guess the big takeaway is just what I was talking about. It looks like they can just kind of like survive and hang in there for a little bit without him. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the bigger takeaways, too, was like Donovan didn't really play well. And they were able to still win by six. Like he dropped 32. But he shot horribly. He went 10 of 29. Like His that, first half was horrible. Yeah. And then he had a massive third quarter where he broke out and kind of yeah. took the game over and then, uh, you know, put the game out of Dallas's reach. Uh, when I was watching this game and then I know uh, a little bit into game two, I think the biggest takeaway, like we always say, is just the Rudy Gobert thing. And Dallas is playing small. You had Maxi Kleba against Rudy Gobert. And they were just running circles around Rudy yeah. Gobert a lot of the times. They have open threes. And on Saturday, they didn't really hit a lot of those threes. Dinwiddie went 0 for 4 from 3. Kleba went 2 of 5. Finney Smith went 2 of 5. Bullock 3 of 8. Brunson 1 of 3. And they lost. They didn't shoot the ball from 3 well. And they lost because Utah was letting them take those shots. The pace was slow. And Rudy Gobert is playing his usual drop coverage. And... They just weren't able to capitalize on the Rudy Gobert flaws, and that's why Utah was able to sneak away with this win. Yeah. I mean, they'll be able to, too. I think, like, Dallas just got really excited in the second half of the year because they just really committed to being able to follow along as Luka plunges into the paint and, like, can, like, quickly cut out for a three to any of the other players. And, like, everyone else on that team is just fine with that. You'll have, like, your Finney Smiths or even, like, Powell who can shoot. Brunson, Spencer, like Kleber, like literally across the board. Maybe Bertans, like that's what he was known for at one point. He is now one of the worst contracts in the league. <laughs> the, Latvian, the Latvian laser is out of ammo. But again, it's there if they need it. And everyone has like energy compared to like just the lifeless jazz. Look at their roster. Daniel House and Clarkson to me are special guys who just like have to be like their own like shot creator. I don't know. I just think it's a lot of guys that are not gelling together. Right, but again, this is we're talking about a win here, so exactly, and, and that came off of Mitchell's back again. And like, uh, what if that type of efficiency doesn't save itself in a game two? Let's say hypothetically, if it was to end in the <laughs> Mavericks win, who knows? Um, 
But it, it is weird, though. Like I, I, We'll get into our brackets later on. But it's hard to bet against Donovan here because, like, if he really is just, like, the best player on the court, which he's going to be for these first three games, he's actually, like, top 10 all time in playoff scoring averages. Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy stat. Yeah, like, he's just had insane runs. I think he – I think a lot of people, especially including myself, always, I think, still pick him over players like Jason Tatum, Devin Booker, for you want to be on your franchise just because things like that. Like, he came into the league and was just so ready right away. Was it his rookie year that he beat that, like, ridiculous uh, Paul George and Russell Westbrook, like, year one team, like, in uh, five games or six games or something? I think so. Yeah, like, so he's just always been, like, there and ready to roll. With the, no matter what his roster is. So I trust him a lot. I like him a lot. But we need them to lose this series so we can get some Donovan to New York. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Rumors starting. Uh, I think the last thing I kind of want to touch on about this series um, is I kind of wa- – I watched both games, obviously. And the biggest takeaway for me was just sometimes in the playoffs, teams need to shorten their rotation because their bench just isn't that good. And, like, the team like Utah, like you said, Clarkson, Daniel House, and Whiteside are getting their most of the minutes off the bench. Like, those are okay. But, like, a team like the Warriors where you have, like, Iguodala, Gary Payton, Jordan Poole, Stephen Curry's coming off the bench. Like, yeah. those guys, that's fine. You have depth. Otto Porter, these guys can play. But Dallas right now, I mean, the Bertans, Josh, who is this Josh Green? Yeah, Josh Green. Like, these guys are getting minutes because they have to, and they're just not deep without Luka. And I just wonder, no. in seven games, is that going to come back to bite them in the ass? That's my biggest worry. I like that a lot. It's a great cap. We're going to put him in. Yeah. But uh, obviously, I mean, we can kind of mention now we, there was a game two. Dallas, yes. <laughs> Dallas was able to even up the series out, uh, one-to-one. Uh, this, I mean, you could call this the Jalen Brunson game. You can call this the Maxi Kleba game. I think both are very fair with Jalen Brunson. Jalen dropping 40 points and Maxi hitting like eight threes, I think the number is, which is just crazy. Well, Jalen, that um, moments can play like really similar to Luca. Like he's just like a big dude and like a really like feisty guard. He was like sneaking, like bobbing me through the pain. Like he's really like, like selfless. I think he's one of my favorite guards in the league right now to watch play. Yeah. And then, but like this is where I, what I mentioned earlier about game one came into play, which is like Maxi Kleba got 31 minutes and just like stood at the three point line and Rudy wasn't guarding him and he knocked down eight threes. And then that's the difference in the game. Jalen Brunson's 41 would not have been enough if Maxi didn't drop 25 points off the bench. Like that's the type of thing right. where this series is going to get interesting. It's now Dallas knows this. They're like, wait a minute, why would we play Dwight Powell who can't right. shoot threes when we could just play Maxi who could just hit wide open threes? And it changes everything, and it makes it much more interesting. Do you trust Jason Kidd in this series? Um, I, I do. I mean, he's clearly going to be like at a mismatch with Quinn Snyder. I love Quinn Snyder. Um, I do like Quinn. I don't trust Jason Kidd if Luca doesn't come back. I don't know if he'll be able to make all the right decisions here. But if Luca comes back, I think I have enough faith that he'll be able to uh, find a way to get the team to win. But the, the Luca question mark is the biggest question for me. Yeah, I mean. It's just going to be lingering. Like, again, it's, it's wondering how much, like, Dallas wants to push it. I think he can kind of play through injuries. I think that, like, iconic game six against the Clippers two postseasons ago in the bubble, he was fighting through an injury when he had that buzzer beater. Like, he can do it. It just depends if they want to. Right. And, like, it is uh, – again, I'm, I've always had like, a little bit of Lucas slander in me. I feel like I had to make a side about him. But, like, 
this guy's always injured. Yeah, well, he has been injured a lot. Really injury prone. And listen, man, I don't know if it's fluky, whatever, but like you just can't get hurt on the last game of the regular season like that. You can't. Well, it's stupid of them to have him in there. Right. Yeah, you see that. But like a lot of players were playing on the last day of the regular season. And like, yeah. I feel like they, like, it's not like the game didn't matter. Like they could have technically passed the Warriors in the standings. But like, I don't know. You just, you take it easy. You don't strain it, strain your muscle. Like you take it easy. The game is like not necessarily matter that much. You can't let that happen. I'm sorry. You got to take it into account when thinking about this guy. I'm telling you, I feel like it's just never ending. Yeah, I, I don't I don't hate that take, honestly, because it's really year after year now. This has been a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, it's annoying. The thing I'm always waiting for is, so this is what? This is Lucas' fourth year in the league? I believe, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. That yeah, so right. like, I feel like he just always gets the LeBron comparison. I'm telling you, like, literally at LeBron's fourth year is when he just went, like, off, passed through – like a really championship pedigreed Pistons team and beat them in seven games and showed up and like dragged like Mo Williams and uh, Booby Gibson <laughs> to the final. Right. And Luca has really good parts around him. And like, I think if he's in that has a pedigree, of, like, could this be one of the greats of all time? Like, start being there and doing it. He really did have an incredible second half of the year. So I told me to be that hard on him. Like, there isn't even like a potential MVP argument for him. I think he came in with a lot of extra weight was really exhausted from, like, dragging again. Dudes will never hear about from um, uh, into the in the Olympics, like, to that bronze medal game. So he was really shot. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here, sitting here, you know, overweight <laughs> at my own desk <laughs> talking about the NBA. But I just want to see it. Let's just get there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it really is a shame that he didn't get hurt because this was it. You're right. I mean, this was the time. Like, he came into the playoffs hot. Like, this was going to be, like, okay, can he put the team on his back? Can he finally right. win the playoff series? And then can he go toe-to-toe with the Suns right after? Or I think the West is open for him to do that. I right. really do. It is. And it just sucks because now, even if he does fail, and, like, you'll, it'll always be like, oh, well, Luka was hurt. So, like, it doesn't really yeah. Like even We had this conversation a long time ago in college. I just like, Even if it's for players I don't love all that much, I just hate injuries because I don't like to have things unanswered. I hate, yeah. I hate what could have been. Agreed. All right. Close it out. Who you got winning the series and how many games, Sean? Prior to tonight, I have the Jazz in five. Does it? Did it change? Does it change now? Jazz in six. <laughs> Fair. I'll pump uh, it. Yeah. Prior to tonight, I had Dallas in seven. I'll stand by the seven. I think they'll be able to find a way. And this is again, I'm just banking on Luca coming back, and I think you're banking on him not coming back. Is that what I'm uh, assuming here, or do you think it doesn't even matter? Luca comes back. Utah wins in six anyway. I don't think it matters. I think Donovan can figure it out. I mean, I mean yeah, this team is good enough to like be all right. I see. This is this is probably interesting. Uh, the most interesting Utah season for me because in the past I'm such a big Donovan fan that like I'm always like kind of rooting for them in the playoffs, even if they're boring. Like I still love him so much and want to see him like succeed that I'm rooting for him. But yeah. this is the first time where I'm like rooting against him just because I want it to fall apart and he leaps. Me so too. It's, like, it's like kind of mean, but like it's I mean I'm rooting for your best interest here. For Donovan. the best. <laughs> yeah, like I promise. I really, I really Yeah, I'm rooting for you, I swear. Like it's there's ulterior yeah. motives, but I promise I am. The only reason why I am is because I think this year <laughs> I'm just I'm just zigging where everyone else is zagging. I I think the past two years they've had a lot of hype to them. I think they were the one seed last year. Or the two. No, they were, I, think, I think they were the one last year. Yeah, I think the and the Suns were the, were the two. 
Yeah, I think not a lot of people have been talking about them as much. I just think they can get there a little bit more for that reason. I think they have been playing together for a long time. They do have a lot of like consistency across the past couple of years. A lot of proof that this like core can't work all that well, but I don't know. I trust Quinn in some regards. Yeah, they definitely have the coaching advantage for sure, like we said. All right, uh, moving on to the game two of the weekend. Uh, biggest surprise of the entire playoffs so far. Uh, the T-Wolves just destroying. Awesome. Let's go. Destroying Memphis in, I guess, what we're going to have to call the Ant-Man. If I could go back in time, I think I would have posted this as one of my biggest surprises of the year. The Timberwolves have been out of control fun in the regular season, and I think they have been up on the Grizzlies a good amount of the regular season. If they haven't won those games, those were really close and fun games. Oh, yeah. They're a, a very interesting matchup for sure. And Ja hasn't played well in the games against the T-Wolves either. I'm pretty sure his stats don't really measure up to the rest of the league he was playing against. And, yeah, I think uh, this this game from Ant Edwards seals the deal that the playing game was the Pat Bev game because this is the Ant-Man game. I mean, he went – he dropped 36 – 12 for 23, 8 for 8 from the line, four threes. And, I mean, this is just something we, you don't see from a second-year uh, second year player, third-year, what is it, second-year, right? Second-year. Yeah, second-year player. You don't see this. You don't see this from a player like this. And it's amazing what he was able to do. And I'm not going to go Bill Simmons level and compare him to LeBron or no, or MJ, LeBron. but, I mean, it's still freaking impressive. And I think I think his, like, his ceiling is up in the air. That's safe to say, right? I, I, I like the D-Wade I comparisons. I like D-Wade comparisons a little bit more personally. I just – obviously, he's a yeah. little bit bigger and tougher but like, and a, even a better shooter. But, like, I see that type of killer instinct for me. Second really year. Exciting. I think of what he was getting a lot of flack for coming into the league, and even his first year was being a great – like a good stats on a bad team guy. And I don't know. I think I, I'd like to go back potentially or hire someone. I don't know how we could find this, but I think I defended him on this podcast for a while. I think I, I think maybe even put some like rookie of the year, you know, respect on his name last year. I was really pushing for it. I think he like really got it all together a lot, little bit more the second half of last year. I just think he is like one of the most confident players like in sports right now. And I think he actually like the fact that, you know, this, Timberwolves team got built up like a bit more in the offseason this year, and he's able to adapt his game and play alongside other guys. That makes me feel really positive about his future ahead. I think yeah. he has a pretty wild game, and I think he's literally the reason why they're like in the conversation for making a run in the playoffs right now. And it's, it. it's, it's weird, too, because going into it, I would have bet all of it that it, like Cat was going to be the guy who would have like led them to like uh, Western yeah. finals or something. But like now if it happens, it's probably going to be Ant, which is crazy. I never would have predicted that. No, I'm really enjoying seeing it. Um, I remember thinking about it last week, talking about our breakout teams. I really didn't have them on our radar. I was, I thought they really could have lost that game to the Clippers. I have to apologize. Our good friend of the pod inspired us to do the pod, came on as the first guest. Leo Walsh, a.k.a. Peach Baskets. Hope you're listening. <laughs> I hope you're just on one right now as a as a – through and through Timberwolves fan. Yeah, I wish I was a Timberwolves fan. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's really fun team. It's really exciting. It's really fun. I think this. Should, I think this is going to be a series. Oh, I do too. Uh, and I'll, I'll use this time the too. two number one offenses in the league. Oh yeah, I don't think I've ever issued a full apology to Ant Edwards because I was anti Ant Edwards. I thought he was a bad, a good, good stats bad team guy. And like, like you said, it's just not the case. And like, 
He's got the it factor. He He's one of the most fun personalities in the league. He came out today and said, like, oh, I think I'm the best defensive player in the league, which is just – That's just, absurd. Like, obviously, he's not, but, you know, that confidence plays a part on defense. You know, you want – if you want to be a good yeah. defender, you got to believe you're one of the best defenders in the league, and he sure as hell does. And you know what? It it probably is a little bit of Pat Bev. But Pat Bev runs, uh, rubs off on him in a good way, I bet. And – Everything well, about I, saw, um, I forget who I forget who Pat Beverly said in his example, but he's in the first time he went to the playoffs. Someone on his team was like, "Get used to this. this is what it's like." Like took him under his wing, and he was saying that he's been doing that to Ant. Like that is that is what we call culture. Yeah, literally, might be and a little Sea Wolves culture. That's what you need an identity, and I think uh, it's a Chris Finch with their head coach, right? Yeah, Chris Finch. Yeah, Chris, Chris Finch, Finch was like, t- tied for second in most. T Wolves uh, playoff wins in T Wolves history. I love that. With one. <laughs> Wait, that's that's a true. Yeah, I forgot who was number one. It might be no. I think Thibodeau has one, and I think a couple other coaches have one, and then somebody else. Yeah, some other like. Cause I think the I think the Garnett Wolves got to the Western Conference Finals once. Yeah, there's another. I forgot who the coach was at that team. Yeah, but like again, that was in 2004. Right. Um, and as as we're saying this, we just saw Nikola Jokic ejected from tonight's Warriors Denver game. But that's an absolute crazy story. <laughs> let's, oh, let's we'll, get that. We'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, um, he's an angry elf. Yeah. Uh, close out our thoughts on the Timberwolves again. Nice to see Cat show up in this game and really kind of command uh, the respect that Cat deserves. Cat's himself, like, yeah, just needed some time to ease into it. Yeah. As much as uh, we've kind of semi been like an anti. Uh, and Edwards pod at this time, even though you haven't. I think me and Riley are more uh, on that camp, but we flip. We all now recognize. Ant I'm not sure about it, but I'm going to stick to it at this point. Yeah, we might as well. But now we all agree he's amazing. But we've always been aboard the cat train. We've always all absolutely. Been and it's just like we said, just really, really exciting to see yeah. him do well. I don't, I don't think his his defense got that much better this year, but he like really did establish like a real post presence. So when he can be able to. Just be one of the best shooting big men of all time and be able to hang in there with the best in the post. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And, uh, and then on Memphis's side, I guess, do you have any real reactions from this? Because I'd say my biggest takeaway is just that Steven Adams, like, is not going to play yeah. off in the series. Yeah, I was doing my homework for this uh, podcast and just, like, diving and dipping out other pods for today. And I, I think that my big takeaway from, you know, catching up on some homework was, they should just get a little bit friskier with the lineups. Because I think Steve Adams is a little slow. I think they're definitely missing Jonas Valanciunas right now. Yeah, it was interesting because I I actually never agreed with this, but you and Riley were always on the side of that was just a bad trade. Like, they should never have given up uh, Jonas Valanciunas. And, I mean, you see him, what he's doing. I think it actually is an okay trade. I think just right now it's tough. Right, it's a bad. It's just showing up in a bad way right now. Yeah, like, I think like Jonas might have like I don't know how he would have been for like Triple J's development. True, uh, but he, he, he's really getting exposed in this series. But then the question you got to bring up, it's like, okay, so you could take him out of the lineup and put Jaron Jackson against Cat, but Jaron Jackson has foul trouble issues, and he always has. And you just worry if you're putting him against Cat for forty minutes a game. Is yeah. that going to become a problem? And then if Jaron Jackson starts getting in foul trouble, then they're really screwed. So it's it's really a question of how do they handle that. And I guess one of the coach of the year favorites, he's Jenkins is going to have to figure it out what to do there. And that's yeah. going to really show up in his coaching ability and the series in general because they don't find a way to win it. 
it's going to really tarnish what they did all year, I think, even though we love the T-Wolves. But... No, I think so, too. I think a lot of people are going to, like, double like double back and really kind of think back on just how confident they were in, in this Grizzlies team. And they're figuring it out all for the first time. Like, I think a lot of people are giving them a little bit too much praise and thinking that they have a little bit too much of a pedigree here. Like they were an excellent, excellent regular season team. And like, they didn't just beat up on, they weren't like the bulls, you know, they didn't just beat up on bad teams. Like they won big games. They really inserted themselves there into the two seed. At the same time, it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah, for sure. And then I guess my other big worry about Memphis is, I mean, jaw dropped 32 and eight. Like how much more can you really expect from jaw? And they lost by 13, you know, like is the, I don't really see an avenue uh, for Memphis to have, like, much improvement. Like, Jaw dropped 32. Desmond Bain had 17. I don't know if you could ask much more. He could probably shoot a little bit better. Uh, Dylan Brooks had 24. I don't know if you could ask for much more to him. Brandon Clark had 13 and 12 off the bench. You can't ask for more from him. You know, like, where are they getting more? Like, where are they going to get more to find to try and combat with Minnesota? I guess that question. I think what's going to be interesting is – Serious, I think a lot of people are in a row. I think the Wolves are deeper than people think. Like, well, I really right. like uh, McDaniels off the bench. I, does, does Malik easily start for them? I don't think Russell. He, off the be- he came off the bench and dropped 23. He was the Nuggets' game. second best player for years. Yeah. And like, that guy can ball. But, like, and to combat what I was saying about Memphis, it's like D'Lo, D'Lo only had 10 points. He went two for 11. Like, they can get better. Van- Vanderbilt only had two points. Like, he's an energy guy. He could get 10 a game. Like, it's not. You never know. Like, I don't see – I'm a little worried if I'm Memphis. I don't see how they're going to be able to get better than they got in that game and they lost by 13. This is a blanket statement, and I'm like, of course, but next game's huge. <laughs> I think yeah. I think if Minnesota wins this next game, it's over. Right. I mean, if Minnesota goes into Memphis and takes both, I don't see Memphis recovering. I really don't. And it's crazy because going into the playoffs, I would have said Memphis probably wins in five. Yeah. But I was that being said, yeah, that being said, who do you got winning the series now, John? I have Grizzlies in six. So you you think Minnesota takes one more game, but Grizzlies are fine. Nothing to worry about. I still – yeah. I mean, this actually sounds like I'm a psychopath based <laughs> after all the speculation. But, again, this was before, like, collecting everything together and thinking things out all that much. And, you know, media anymore. This was done this afternoon. So I'll give myself that. This was done before I saw – John Rant make a post with the uh, clips from the last dance and Jordan talking about dropping the game one. So that really gave me a lot of confidence in them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I I don't know. I just think this team plays really well together. And can you, uh, is like, are we to keep having like, and Edwards go this nuclear? I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I do agree with you. I still do have Memphis winning the series. I think react. I mean, sometimes, the worst team, yeah. sometimes the worst team wins game one. You saw it with Orlando beating Milwaukee a couple of years ago. Like this type of thing happens probably once a year. And I don't think I want to overreact too much. That being said, I still think I was wrong about Minnesota. And I think they're really going to make this competitive. And I have Memphis winning in seven in overtime. I think it's going to be oh, that, that close. good of a series. No, that serious. close. And the home court advantage is going to play a difference. And Jaw's going to out-duel Ant in overtime in Game 7. Minnesota's playing with house money. No matter how this series ends, I think, I think legitimately, even if it only goes to five or six, like, people are going to be like, wow, like, put some respect on their name and really, like, look out for games on, their, on your calendar against them next season. 
Agreed. Agreed for sure. And it's the Grizzlies that have to, you know, be a little scared of the Stephen A's of the world. Yeah. All right. Moving on to our next game. Uh, this was a route. Philadelphia beats Toronto by 20. Uh, this podcast is definitely going to be – or definitely was divided going into the series. It'll be interesting to kind of see our takes now of where we stand about uh, these two teams. Uh, what did you, do you have any big takeaways from game one, John? I think that the Sixers can be a little bit deeper than we think. I think Tobias Harris is going to settle into that role where he doesn't have to put so much pressure on himself to create. He reminded me a lot of like what Melo did this year for the Lakers, where that's like, per, like was a concerning for the Lakers that were relying that heavily on that kind of player. But Tobias Harris can just get his post up moves, like pop up where he can. And that's pretty excellent for this team. Well, yeah, I we, think, we, uh, we counted him out. And, like, if yeah. he's a factor at all, that's really big for them. Exactly. I mean, he didn't have that excellent of a game, but, like, go ahead and take what what do we have here out of him. 26. That's pretty awesome. If, if, he, he if you like, can be 18 from Tobias yeah, every game, I'm happy. That's huge, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I think they're just going to really bully them. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in Joel. Yeah, I think. He didn't have that monster of a game. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me was Maxi. I mean, we talked about yeah. him. Exactly. That's all their, the that's time on this pod. Like, they they're good. That's their three. Yeah, we talk about him all the time on this pod, and like, we were we were saying they really can't expect him to be putting up like twenty five a game in the playoffs. Like, he's a rookie, or basically a rookie. He's a second year guy, and you know you got to rely on Joel and and James Harden in the playoffs. And are they going to come through? But no, Tyrese Maxey came through. Thirty-eight, and like, okay, maybe he is just that good, and he's gonna play a role in this. He was, he was so good. I was catching up on the games this past week, and I had like little like NBA channel on YouTube, like ten-minute recaps. And our, my roommate John Tomaszewski, who could not really tune into NBA basketball too much, was like, "Who is that? <laughs> this is electric." He's like, "Wait." He's like, "Oh, that's." He's like, "Oh, that's cool. All he does is really just shoot threes." I'm like, "No, he like is probably one of the fat one of the fastest players in the league. Literally, like, does he kind of does it all." Uh, it's so so cool. And if he's going to be playing like that, Philly's going to be tough to beat for Toronto or for everybody. I mean, it's going to, it's not going to be good for a lot of teams. Yeah. Uh, but on Toronto's side, uh, this is where shit hits the wall, hits the fan. I mean, Scotty Barnes played amazing, but went down with, uh, I don't think a serious, serious foot injury, but like he ended up missing game two and don't be stepped on him. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, that could just be it. I mean, he, he's so good for that team. Without a guy like Scotty Barnes, it's going to yeah. be really hard for them to just. He's the rest factor, you know. Yeah, and he could switch on to everybody. He he would make life difficult for whoever he was guarding, whether it was Harden, Maxi, or Tobias. But now they lose that wing, and they're replacing. I don't know who's ended up uh, replacing him in the lineup, but it's just it's not not good at all. And then you have Gary Trent coming down with a sickness. You had Thaddeus Young getting hurt. It's just like it seems like things are falling apart. No matter how good Fred or Pascal play or even an OG, it's going to be really tough for them to find a way back into the series, I think. I think this will be a quicker one than we thought. I thought I was getting really excited, and I think we may have talked about it on an earlier episode, like, are we going to see, like, the Sixers really get strained here and kind of be exposed and maybe not lose, but, like, get taken to six or seven and you know, give a preview of what other teams look forward to here. But I think it's a wrap. Yeah, and I think what what's interesting is going in, uh, going into the series, we probably would have been a little bit divided with Raptors and Philly. But what's interesting is James Harden still hasn't played good. And it's like, 
and that right and he will yeah i think this is why it's kind of like the perfect fit for him like if he's streaky it's kind of okay exactly and if they're i mean i'm sure we're gonna have some james harden games i know we've kind of been on on his case and like he might be a little bit slower and less good than we thought but like he's still gonna have some good games i assume and the fact that they're now up to nothing uh in the series without him really playing well at all that's I I think it's a wrap for Toronto personally. I don't know if they're I not as deep as they were before the trade. Like, could you imagine this team with a, still with Seth or like Drummond's one of them? I think he'll have held on to one of those guys just to give them a little more offense, more defense. But you still do that trade all the time for this because he can just explode and be an all star at a moment's notice. Yeah, and then, I mean, moving on into Game Two, which happened tonight, I really don't have any additional takes i mean it was literally just kind of the same thing kind of identical small late like there was like an 18 to 2 run at one point from toronto to like kind of come back and cut it to like 10 but apart from that it was a routing yeah it's like i mean maxi almost had a freaking triple double it's like if he's doing he put up stats i'd expect harden to put up 23 9 and 8 like it's incredible and they're just they're really really good the comparison do you think of any comparison if like the Sixers team wins a ring and harden's just like 18 points the whole time, but Terrence Max is just like the guy. Has <laughs> ever happened before someone like younger guy just like takes over when it should have been some other guys like time could to get his flowers? Like, I don't know. There's like, some could you say happen. Kawhi in San Antonio? Could you? Yeah, yeah, I think like so. That was before anybody really expected big things out of Kawhi, but like they right. didn't really have anyone to the level of uh Harden or Embiid, really. I yeah, mean, Tim but Duncan like, is old at that point. Yeah, Duncan and Parker were like a lot older than Harden yeah. is. Like, it's yeah. But again, well, like still, I think that's probably as close as you're gonna get. Yeah, it's, that's a good comp. Uh, but yeah, nothing really changed from game two in my. Before tonight's games, what was your prediction? Before tonight's games, uh, let me go to my notes here. Uh, before tonight's games, I had Philly in seven, um, and I probably would change that to like Philly in five or six if I could change it, but I will not. I'll go ahead and you know, little, little double pat in the back. I had Sixers in five before tonight. Yeah, I really, really, I think it's. I don't know. I'm I'm high off of a couple cheesesteaks right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had a cheesesteak. Wait, I actually I actually had a cheesesteak for dinner tonight too, John. Now that I think about it. I think I you kind of fish. Yeah, go Philly. We all we like Philly. We like Philly cheesesteaks. It's unfortunate. I like everyone on this team a lot except from James Harden. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 if I could it. change it, I'd flip to Philly in four. I think they're going to route with this cheesesteak yeah. power. It's over. I like it. But yeah, if Scotty comes back, like I, I still think they can make it maybe a little interesting. But it's Scotty doesn't know. It's a wrap for Toronto, unfortunately. Who I like, fun, I really fun like. Fun story this season. I think they yeah. were I, a lot of people are going back and forth. Like, should they just tear it down? But like, good core. Yeah, and it's they were a really, really popular upset pick before the series started. A lot of people thought they were going to win, and I was zagging. I was like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think these Phillies guys, Philly guys, aren't going to lose to these guys personally. They just have the best players. Like, I don't know. It's tough. Joel's just getting started. I've been big on Joel for a long time. I love Joel Embiid. I think he is like sh- like he's Shaq with a shot. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. And a Euro step. He. Yeah, step. I'm going on mute. <laughs> I mean, we could gush. We could do it if you want. I'm on mute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, closing out Saturday. Uh, we might end up having a fight about this, but I'm curious to see what you're going to say. Uh, Golden State takes down Denver 123 to 107. I'll let you have the floor first, John. I'm wrong. 
<laughs> come on, Tad. All right, we're not we gonna can, fight. We can, okay. We can do a fun, we can do a fun supercut of my big take about Denver from the last episode. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, God, there's just no one else out there besides Jokic. I thought that Jokic is like being the the MVP that he is, and like Golden State's big issue all season long is that they don't have too, anything too exciting going on in the front court. So I thought they really, really exposed that, but just nothing from Bones, nothing from Aaron. You know, yeah, I mean, the cup run dry. It's just an awful, awful, awful matchup for Nikola. Like, literally the worst thing. Yeah. You, you know what's great? Like, so no, I was saying that, like, he's not your traditional big man. Like, they're not even like a fast big man in the front court. Like, they're just going to run circles around him <laughs> down, yeah. down low. I mean, this, this new Warriors death lineup. I think it might be better than the obviously not better than the KD death lineup, but I think it might be better than the like the seventy three and nine team death lineup. You had Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, uh, Andre Iguodala, and Draymond. This one, dude, you have Steph Clay and Jordan Poole. That's insane. I, I love when they play all of them at the same time. And then like Wiggins is better than Barnes. Like, and that's. I think that's this lineup. That's good. I like this at, at Wiggins' best and at Barnes' best. Yeah, and like, yeah. and the thing is, yeah. no one has seen it yet. We saw it twice in now twice because we saw it again tonight uh, in this Denver series. And every time they that lineup just runs Denver off the floor because Nikola Jokic. It doesn't matter how good he does. Like, yeah. He's my MVP by a mile. I think he was the MVP. But it just doesn't matter. He can't guard these guys. Like when they're running around, passing the ball like they pass the ball. What is Nicholas supposed to do? It's really an unfair ask for him to try and play this Warriors team with literally like Austin Rivers running around by his side and like Jeff Green and Will Barton, who's Will Barton is their second best player and he's not that good. So they're just fucked. They're just really, yeah. I was even going back and like, wow, this is all they're putting around Nicholas, man. But like, I don't know what else they could have done at the trade deadline this year. No, they, I mean, they tried it's, last year. It's, it's just an unfortunate situation when your two max guys are just out. There's nothing they could really do, you know? Yeah, and like, again, they were getting dragged along into the city. They were all the second half of the year. It was great, great story to see the Denver Nuggets. I think finished with they finished with what the six seed. And they were, I think, at the height of it, made the four. Yeah, just I can't. But it's it's more built for the regular season and like. They, you just see it. They, especially in game one and even game two, they were just exposed. And there's just, it's nothing against Jokic. It's just, there's literally nothing he could do. Yeah. There's a lot of fuel. I think we're going to come down on him. This is your MVP. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because, I mean, this is a team game. It's not like football where a quarterback can just lead its team to a victory. Like, it's, there's nothing Jokic could do when you're playing with these guys around him. And being asked to guard Jordan Poole, Clay, and Steph in switches every single possession. The guy's not in a good enough shape, no offense. But, like, no. he can't well, guard these players. He is, yeah. But, yeah, I think, again, the biggest takeaway just has to be, I mean, we, we said going into the playoffs, we're like, what is the big three going to look like? Like, they've only played 11 minutes together. Like, they might not look the same. Clay's been eh. But like, a big four. Right, but like right away, it's like you kind of see it. It's back, and like Steph's only playing off the bench right now. And He's like, not looking that awesome. It's 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 yeah. looking very. This, this is actually the ideal first round matchup for them to ease him back into exactly. Yeah, it's just perfect. They're getting Pretty back perfect. to the swing of things, and I think did, this, did these first two games get you like really excited for the Warriors? You think like a long stretches? Oh, I, I was literally just awful. gonna say it's it's 
they could compete with the Suns, and I think they're the only team that can at this point. I see it. I don't have it in my bracket, but I see it. For sure. Um, I fought there. <laughs> That's what I want, personally. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we could go to fight about it, but I'm glad you at least flipped after game one. Um, you have yeah. to. They're, I mean, it's just electric. It really is. It's so fun to see these Warriors playing together again. And I've been dreaming of this for a while. I like a world where you can root for the Warriors. I've been dreaming of it for a while since KD left. It's like, I've. this is my favorite group of players of my lifetime. And it's so nice to not have KD part of it and to really be enjoying Steph, Clay, and Dre all running around. Now with the addition of Jordan Poole, who's amazing. Well, you can see, like, what if even some more of the younger guys get unlocked? What if we like see some, a lot of Kaminga minutes? Yeah, they, have, they haven't even had to. They haven't even had to bother. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm again. I'm. I think. I really, really need a third person around. When it's just the two of us, I really start talking about myself too much. <laughs> but I was. I'm thinking back to something else I said earlier in the year. But we were talking about what to do with the Warriors. I was like, I really don't want them to ship off younger guys to get like a Bradley Beal or someone else like that. Because I think just play with house money and see what you get. If they were a first round knockout, I don't think people would have been that down on this team. So I'm really glad they stuck to their guns. Yeah, Matt, I'm glad they didn't trade Pool. That's for sure. I don't. You definitely can't now. Yeah, you can. Him and Kaminga. I don't think you could trade either of them. They're both like that good and that should have shown that much potential. Yeah. So how do you have the series going now? Uh, Warriors and. Pool. What did you? How did you have it before tonight? Rather. Uh, I had. Oh, sorry. Uh, I actually had Warriors in five, but now I have Warriors in four. I had Warriors the six, and I would change it. <laughs> what would you have had if before the series started? I would have had. Uh, I would have had Warriors in seven. Oh, you th- you think you would have came around by the time it was uh, yeah. about to happen? I think so. Because you were gung ho. You said Denver Denver's gonna win it before in our last podcast. I know. I really thought Jokic would have just bullied them, but I don't know. I can't. You can't expect this large of a pool. <laughs> that's fair that's very fair all right uh moving on into uh Sunday's games um i got to sit down and watch these a lot more than i because it was easter and i just had all the games on uh during easter nice um first game of the day miami just blew the doors off of atlanta 115 uh biggest takeaway here for me was just the miami defense and the job it did on trey Young. yeah that's i think the biggest thing that comes out of it i mean trey had yes, eight points, one of 12, 0 of 7 from 3. That's locking down is that's not... crazy. That's incredibly done. And, like, if they're able that's to do that, bad. yeah, and it's it, the lack of Quinn Capella definitely showed too, uh, with Okongwu starting, getting 20 minutes, only three points. It, Atlanta's just not as good as they were last year. And big dunking game. A big, big, big dunking game. 27 points off the bench, eight threes. He like kind of swung a couple of series for them when they had their bubble run. Yeah, and obviously they're going to hope that he plays a factor into this series. Uh, I really don't know if I necessarily uh, expected anything less. I definitely would have expected Trey to be better, but I just I don't think Atlanta's deep enough to compete with a deep team I, like Miami. I think it's I've never okay. We've been literally talking about this for months on end. I've never seen a team just fall apart because they're not as good as they were a year ago. That happens in baseball a lot where right. someone's just wings off. But for like a whole team apart from one all-star, it's just like, no, I guess Kevin Herter, DeAndre Hunter, are all just not what we thought they were going to be. Yeah, like they're they're asking so much of a Gallinari. Like what, what's going on, guys? 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's not my favorite stat of the game. Kevin Knox, four minutes, ten points. Trey Young, twenty-eight minutes, eight points. <laughs> so he'll be role play in this league. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin Knox greater than Trey Young. That's my take. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Miami fan here, go Heat culture, just domination. But again, I don't, I wouldn't count Atlanta out completely. I think they might maybe sneak a game or two in. But uh, I, I still have Miami in five. What did you have, John? Prior to tonight, I have, I have Heat in five exactly. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen game two of the series obviously yet, so it's still the same anyway. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, I just, I think Trail maybe win like game three at home and just like drop 40. Like they're not going to keep him quiet all series, but this no. is just, I, I, I can't, I can't see them competing. With them. He's in a good spot. I think we'll still hear the same chatter about them. The Austin like would have, even if they hadn't gotten to this point is like, why, what happens to this team expect these shuffles, but like, God is Trey young, just a generational talent. I think it's actually, I, I want to go ahead and lock this in. I'll, I'll just throw these card statements out there. We can just go back to them later. I think it's the the most fair trade in in NBA history. Him and Luca. I really think they're going to have a similar trajectory. Yeah, I mean, Luca. You can see a little bit more of a path to like top ten player of all time, maybe for Luca. But in general, they both really are pretty similar in terms of what they've done for their franchises. But, well, he's and actually, Trey's done more. Out. I don't know. Like, a, it's different. Yeah, sort of thing about. All right, um, moving on. I mean, there's really not much more to say about that. I'm actually gonna skip Boston and Brooklyn. Let's come back to it. Uh, yeah, let's, and uh, let's uh, let's go straight to Milwaukee, Chicago. A much closer game than I thought. Any takeaways yep. for you right away? Well, n- nice story from Chicago, but this is it. I I have Bucks in. I'm just gonna go ahead and come out with this. They have the Bucks in four. I also have the Bucks in four. I don't. I, yeah, if it. they were going to lose a game, I think it would have been this game, and they still found a way to win. Yeah, I think they're going to run through them. I think, I think Lopez is only going to get better as it goes along. I think just defensively, they're they're on, on the guard, on the guard side of it. Middleton and Holiday are going to lock them down. Yeah, I I just can't see. I mean, this is the worst. We said it already. It was the worst possible matchup for Chicago. Yeah, they just don't have enough offensive firepower to compete with a team like Milwaukee. They have Vucevic, Levine, and DeRozan, but the other guys they're putting out there, they they really can score. Caruso can't create his own shot. Patrick Williams can't create his own shot. Io can't create his own shot. No, they're, Kobe White played twenty two minutes. If they want any chance to win one game, they need Kobe White to be like dropping twenty a game. That's literally yeah. Like, and it was like that nice like backup score for them that's, this year. But, like, again, it's like Vooch dropped 24 this game. Like, I don't know if I really expect that every game against Milwaukee. Uh, you could probably expect Levine and DeRozan to do better. I mean, poor DeRozan. Playoff DeRozan showed up big time, went 6 of 25 for 18 points. I mean, that's – I said I was worried about this a few, like, podcasts ago. I said my biggest fear was Chicago just getting to the playoffs and getting a bad matchup, and then DeRozan playing like shit, and then his whole season being – uh, discredited, and I really hope that doesn't happen. I no, I think again, like I was thinking about the small, some it's a lot different. They didn't make as many moves, but I was thinking about like Minnesota just making a couple offseason updates to get to the position that they're in. Chicago did that in a much bigger way, and I think you just do it again every single time. Like 
we're not in the league anymore where you tank and hope to get in like the draft. But if you're like middling, like go out and get some Asians, like shake your team up, add a new attitude to your team, like get the fans interested again. And I love that Chicago did that at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, there really just isn't much more to say about this. I think, I think we, it's kind of gone the way most people would have expected. I just don't think Chicago has a chance and it's just unfortunate. Their season kind of just spiraled out of control, led to them falling to the sixth seed. And it just, they were never, this is the worst case scenario for them playing the Bucks. Yeah. We got into it a little bit earlier too. I think they have the worst record in the NBA this year when playing teams about 500. Yeah. It's very, very sad. Uh, on Milwaukee's side, I don't really have much of a takeaway, but I do want to say, I mean, Brooke Lopez looked good. If Brooke Lopez looks good, they're going to be – That's huge for them. Yeah, it's huge for them, like, against other teams. Because if you're able to keep him out of the court, it, like, really, really helps. Because, I mean, Bobby Portis had a double-double off the bench and Brooke played well. Like, that's amazing. Like, that's all they could yeah. ask for. Probably, yeah, this is their team. Uh, again, though, my biggest fear with Milwaukee rears its ugly head. 93 total points. Drew Holiday, 6 of 16, 15 points. Chris Middleton, 4 of 13, 11 points. That Don't can't like happen that. against a good team. And I, I just worry it may. Like, uh, it, they're just not that consistent. And When you talk about our larger bracket later, we'll see. But this this game, I think this whole series, didn't make me super optimistic for the Bucks. For sure. And, like – It'll make a nice run, but <laughs> – it, it literally – it just – it's the same shit that I – spewed on about like 10 podcasts last year it's like chris and drew man Giannis is amazing probably the best player in the league but like are those the number two and three that can win you a title well they did did. (laughs) but can they do it again that's a question we'll get into later i can't wait all right um and then closing out the night before we go back to uh, brooklyn and boston we had phoenix against new orleans winning by 11 we're up by like 30 25 i think at one point New Orleans fought back into it, but again, the fourth quarter Suns, Chris Paul absolutely. just dominated. Yeah, this is a Chris Paul game, one of the best Chris Paul games I've ever seen, honestly, including yeah, all of his games yeah. last year. The way he just got hot in the fourth quarter, a lot of the times we see Chris Paul passing displays, but I, there was one game against the Clippers last year he did this too. I don't remember which game, but I mean, he just took it over. He was making literally every shot with ease. That's- yeah, it's a relatively new thing for him later in his career. Like, he's just – like, he has the highest clutch points percentage, and he can get it from anywhere. He gets from the mid-range, the three-point line. Yeah, uh, I really – honestly, I really don't have a take about this game. I mean, the Suns are just really fucking good, and we've talked about it a lot. And it's they're, like, the paper, they're the team on paper to win the finals for a reason. Yeah, I guess the only thing that was a little bit unexpected was just how good Chris Paul was. And if Chris Paul plays at this level – Every game, I mean, they're locked for the finals. It doesn't matter I mean, who Golden State is. Knocking on all wood that they're healthy for the rest of the, the run here. Because I think that's the only thing preventing them. Yeah. Uh, and I just I, – I don't have a New Orleans take. I don't care. Good for the mean – big DJ McCollum guy. I've always really liked him. Like, way to go and add a guy in there towards the end of the season. That was cool to see. There's that huge question mark just lingering from over them called Zion. Valanciunas, Val- 25 rebounds. That's cool. He was really fun for them. Like, he, like, kept a minute. When they were, like, getting the shit kicked out of him for the first, like, 20 games, he was, like, looking like their, their franchise player for a while there. Yeah, my I guess my only Norrell's take would be that I just, like, really like their young players. And, like, it has no bearing on this series. It's not going to matter. But, like, 
Herb Jones is like a really good player who's going to be playing in playoff games a lot. I love Alvarado. Yeah, I love Alvarado. He's awesome. The kid Trey Murphy, he could have free like no other. Like, they got guys. I guess the biggest storyline, I guess we have to kind of talk about a little bit, is Zion wants to play and the team's like, nah, he's not ready. Like, what is that? I saw that, yeah. You think it's just like they know they're going to lose anyway, so they're not even going to like bother? I think so, and I think that's probably for the best. Yeah, Zion's probably like, I want to go out there and like maybe win a game, but like, what is that really the smartest thing for him to do? Probably not. No, I don't think that would be good for him or for them. Because like, if he goes out there and they don't do well, there would be more disruption. Some cost. Yeah. Phoenix. Right. Going back to the greatest game of the weekend, the what might be on on the verge of the greatest series in like round one history. Boston sneaks out a buzzer-beating win against Brooklyn. What awesome. a fucking game. What an electric – oh, everything. No, it's an instant classic. Literally, uh, the Jason Tatum spin around Kyrie with zero defense to lay in at the buzzer off a beautiful feed from Marcus Smart. I I, I just – I can't – I wish Riley was here. So We're never, like, we've never missed them more. <laughs> yeah, like this is where I want Riley to like. I, I need him to go off. Because like I shouldn't, right I now. shouldn't be the one gushing about the Celtics, but like I'm gonna do it anyway because it feels wrong. <laughs> Jason Tatum, one of my, I famously said this, which is just so stupid. Earlier in the year, when we were we were all gushing about Jason Tatum at one point, but I was like, guys, like I think Jason Tatum's always been this good. Like I don't know what you guys are talking about, but like no, like he's at a completely different level than even he was Absolutely. ever in his career. And the big thing is his passing. When he gets double teamed, he can make the right basketball play now. Whereas yeah. back maybe like a year ago, he wasn't doing that. You know, he would probably take a bad shot or make the wrong pass and create a turnover. But now that he's added that to his game, he's, a, I mean, he's solidified himself as probably a top eight player for me in the NBA. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, this is his team and everyone's on the same page with it. I think his competitiveness has always been there. I think it's just coming through now. And this is a great matchup for him because, like, he just didn't shy away from playing big guys right now. Like, he's not scared of anything or anyone right now. And you see – you saw home court came into play for Boston yeah, was- in a major way. They have an amazing home court advantage, and it really helped them pull this game out, I think. I think Boston- – And they'll have a big home court advantage when they go to Brooklyn. Yeah, very well. they'll probably have more fans there than Brooklyn will. Uh, but, like, you, it came into play. Like, Brooklyn would go on these runs, but, like, if Boston answered, the crowd was right back into it, willing their team, basically, to come back and fight into this game. And, I mean, the punches being thrown in this game, dude, were crazy. Isn't the biggest lead at, at one point is only, like, it's only like a five-point difference. Like, it, think, they just think, they, 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 they traded baskets the whole game. Yeah, I think Boston went up, like, nine one time. Then Brooklyn fought all the way back, <laughs> took, like, a five-point lead. Then Boston fought back, took the lead, and was going back and forth, back and forth. And it was like big bucket after big. Jalen Brown had two of like the coolest blocks I've ever seen. Marcus Smart was making. It was awesome. It was Al Horford at 20 and 15 in this game. Are you kidding me? That's well, incredible. That's what, that was what the big X factor that everyone's thinking about going to the postseason, right? It's like, can old man Horford fill in Rob Williams' shoes just for a little bit? Like, what a clutch performance. And God, what if they get Rob Williams for 40 back? minutes? Dude, what if I they get Rob Yeah. That's a, remind me, what was his injury? Uh, meniscus, maybe? That's really bad, but... Uh, like, JP came back from it. <laughs> oh, okay. JP just... <laughs> they, they were putting it into tangible terms for me. Okay. 
<laughs> what, what did JP miss from pickup? Like a, like two months? Yeah, you, if JP returned in two months, Rob Williams would be fine. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, I mean that's the thing, right? You see Daniel Tice in their starting lineup, and everyone loves to shit on Tice. And so do I. I mean, he played 20 minutes, four and six. Like, played fine defense. But if you replace him with Robert Williams, it's it's brutal for Brooklyn. I don't know how they're going to find ways to score. I mean, they well, did out the bracket, but they, they are my favorite team in the East. Yeah, they did an incredible job on KD, 9 of 24, 23 points. That KD had a shot, a, like a step back three, to try and take the lead with like 20 seconds left. Or no, it was trying to – In try the final possession, right? And it was incredible defense, and he missed it. And then that's when – What's uh, even Paul, more impressive than the game-winning highlight is that defensive possession that kept getting shared around on Twitter. Like just everybody switching on everyone. That was the greatest defensive possession I think I've ever seen. I've never seen anything like that. Maybe in game seven of the Warriors-Cavs finals, the 3-1 comeback, I don't think I've ever seen defense. Avon stuff. Like, yeah. That was the greatest defense like for like four straight minutes I think I've ever seen. But this is like up there. And the fact that it's game one of the opening round of the playoffs, we're in store for like one of the greats. I'm, I'm so excited. Here for it, yeah. Bring uh, it on. On Brooklyn's side, I, we do have to say – Kyrie, Kyrie was off, yeah. Kyrie, 39 points, shot well, even with Marcus Smart all over him all game. And, like, I, but, like, is he going to do that every game? I don't think so, and they still lost. Yeah, I mean, I just I just think, like, I think this thing's going to come down to Boston's defense. A lot of people were like, oh, P.J. Tucker last year, like, guarding Brooklyn was their X factor, and, like, he got destroyed by Kevin Durant. So now that we have to have, like, the team that's been rated number one in defense all, like for the rest of the second half of the year to the end on this team, it's going to be huge for them. Brad would be so proud of us. We're actually, I'm really all into this team. Like after this game, I was like, all right, maybe this team can really be like fun run. I think they really do have like rising, like top 10 player and like their defense is great, but just this game, if anything really like proved to me that it's going to be a series. I think we're heading for a minimum of six minimum. Yeah, but I, I'd be stunned if it's. I think less. the Celtics are like. I think this, I think this is their toughest series. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if winner of this wins the East at all. Uh, we'll, which yeah. we'll we'll get into. But uh, I guess before we get off uh the, this game in general, uh, I did want to shout out Goran Dragic because like him chipping in fourteen points off the bench. I love Goran, and like it was only two years ago, people were saying that. Him getting hurt was the reason the Heat did not win the NBA Finals. Yeah, completely. So, like he, he won them the series against Boston. Exactly, and if he just like contributes a little bit, uh, I think Brooklyn could probably expect a little bit more out of Drummond. I, I've heard takes that like he's not fit well for this series, whatever. But, like, why? Andre, I feel like I feel like he should be able to guard Horford or Tice. Like, I don't, I don't see why that's yeah that much sure. of an issue. Like, I expect better games out of Drummond. Curry could probably shoot better. See, like, this is a scenario where I could see Brooklyn playing better, uh, which is a little bit scary. Where saying, like, we, had a bad, we had a bad Durant game. Right. And, like, I feel like we had good Boston games out of, like, mostly everybody, uh, which is a little bit scary. But, uh, I mean, one last thing, too. Marcus Smart, amazing. It's, he's, he's becoming like, one of my favorite players. Yeah, like, it's, it's okay. crazy the responsibilities he's taken, and he's just thrived in the point guard role. I love when players like in the middle of their career can just make adjustments. Like they did away with Schroeder. He's like, all right, this is, I'm going to become like a true point guard for this team. It's incredible. Yeah. And 
I mean, shouted out, was announced today, Defensive Player of the Year. I don't agree with it, but it doesn't mean I don't think he's not the best defensive guard in the NBA. Because I think he will get it someday. Exactly. But uh, it, it's still still amazing. I really like watching him play. And I just love players who care. And he's one of the players who just, like, truly, really well, cares. I hope someone from the Celtics, or maybe, like, from the coaching side, just gets him, like, a still from that play. It, it was the best shot never taken in NBA history, that three-pointer. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if he took it. And I was watching that game live, and I, like, looked away for a moment, and everyone freaked out. And I thought it was because Marcus Smart missed or hit that three. <laughs> but I was quickly saw the replay and saw what really happened. But, like, yeah, you would in all other universes guess that's the shot he takes. But, God, just that ball movement in that final play, I'm really excited for this team going forward. Yeah, and, I mean, I just – I'm going to make sure as much as I can possibly whenever the, a game in this series is on, my schedule is clear because this is just great yeah. television and I'm really, really excited uh, to watch the rest of it. And I have Boston taking it in seven. That's my pick. I have uh, let's see here right off the bat. I have, yeah, I have Boston in seven. Yeah, I, I just – I can't really – The Nets look pretty great, too. That's the thing. Like, I, I think this, like, that was such a great game is that they just locked us in for a great series. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised in the slate. They've, they've hired it on a pitcher win. You know, like he's rested. Yeah. Um, I, we also didn't announce I, – I have Phoenix in four. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was just like yeah, – yeah. I just – I can't see them losing a game. Uh, all right. That kind of does it for our round one uh, – I mean, our game one uh, recaps. Uh, I guess we'll touch really quickly on the only thing that was, like, relevant tonight. I feel like we should just touch on the Nikola Jokic and the just collapse of Denver. Uh, Nikola Jokic was ejected late in the fourth quarter today. There <laughs> right. was actually, like, various scenes of, like, Denver players fighting on the bench. You had Will Barton screaming at Boogie. Uh, in a in, now it was a twenty point loss officially, and like I just wonder, in a sense, like, are they going to be okay like going forward, or do you think it's not? Uh, do you think it doesn't matter? No, they're going to change a lot of things around. Like this is not the team they're going to see next year. Yeah, I think they're going to have to clean house a little bit, and like, yeah, they might stick around with Jamal and Michael Porter, but I feel like a I'm lot. Glad of they're not rushing Jamal out there. Like it's just truly not worth it. Yeah. I agree. I, I just – it sucks seeing our pretty much guaranteed to win MVP. I think at this point a lot of the yeah. votes have been, like, locked in for Jokic. And, like, just to see him frustrated and getting tossed of a, uh, a playoff game like that, I just – I want – I don't want that from my MVP personally. I think he needs to keep his head and, like, yeah, it's a shitty situation, but keep fighting. That's uh, – you got to fight through it. People remember that. People hang on to that. If you, like, go down swinging, get a game – make it to five like there's there's such a thing as, as an interesting five series yeah for sure all right uh but that yeah like we said that does it for our uh game one recaps and then like three game twos kind of tied in there uh and yeah. we'll move ahead to kind of predicting uh the rest of the playoffs and a little bit of a yeah. the rest of the playoffs so just kind of quickly do you want to uh, read off our, uh, our missing members contributions before we get into ours Oh uh, yeah, we'll we'll go we'll go one at a time. So uh, mm. we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, the player who we think is going to make the biggest leap uh, in this playoffs. Uh, I I made a point we're going to exclude Ann Edwards because like I think it already happened. So 
picking him is kind of lame. Like he's already like literally made that leap. So just like star level leap, who do we think it's going to be? Uh, Riley went ahead. His uh his pick uh, was Spencer Dinkitty. Uh, his logic: if the Mavs are going to win without Luca, he sees he thinks Kitty has to be an offensive threat everywhere and be able to make a leap uh, to an extent. Uh, of a superstar and I think he was on the right page but I think it was Jalen Brunson <laughs> but yeah I do I do like that for sure um, but after watching some of the games today I think Jalen Brunson is exactly what Riley was hoping Dinwiddie would be but yeah I, I don't hate the pick at all I think Dinwiddie is going to be a key part in replacing Luca, and he needs to be good the rest of the way and he was still good tonight he played a good role so not a bad pick for Riley uh, He's been that kind of player in the past, so I do like that pick a yeah. lot. Who do you have, John? Mine is a, a little bit of a you know two for one. So I think someone who's a role player now who will be a household name, you know, I'm I'm using that for player to make a lead because I think they're they're just gonna I think they are star caliber level players. So I'm gonna go with Mikel Bridges here. I love that. I think for them to really like own their identity even more as a complete team, everyone goes on and on about how deep they are. I think Bridges needs just to play at a complete defensive player that you're finalist, which he was named to, but also just be like a knockdown three-point shooter for them to like take home the title. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of the uh, the game one you like were able to tune in for, but I just love the intensity he played with. Like he was like they were winning yeah. by like 16 and he got teed up. Like he was pissed, like he was getting blocks. He was almost he almost had one of the crazier dunks I've ever seen. Two and he was he wasn't able to complete it. But he got fouled over Jonas Valanciunas and like he just has the it factor. And to this day, I'm still pissed the Knicks didn't draft one of the Bridges. It really pissed me off. I really wanted one of them, and we didn't get either. But yeah, I mean, there is a potential that guy could become one of the next best like Draymond Green type like players without the passing, but with scoring, which is scary. Right. Yeah. Uh, I love the possibility of it. I had a, I had Bridges slash Tatum. I think Tatum could just like go whole new level, which is saying that there's more levels to that guy. You think what's, I mean, I, I hate that I'm bringing this back to Tatum, but I just, I I've have so much fun talking about him right now. What's the highest, like top what player could Tatum be after the end of this postseason? So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, could he be a top four player? Could he be a top three player? What's the highest you see him getting to? I think the Celtics will get to the, uh, can get, I, it's, it goes against my bracket, but I think they'll walk away looking the best. I think they're getting to the Eastern Conference Finals again in a really, really intense, you know, shootout. I think he can be a top five player. I, I, that's kind of the range I have it too. It's like I don't know if he could pass like Giannis, Durant, Jokic, and Bead, but like I think they really could get to the finals. They're not in my finals bracket, but I think they could get there. Yeah, he could get to like ahead of the. LeBron Curry range like that that next best thing like I could I see like especially in the final run Durant I think Gian- Giannis Jokic and B Durant's like a locked in Mount Rushmore but I think he could hang in right around the five yeah for sure um you're in now, the same yeah for me I was actually like debating between a few guys for this I wasn't sure like how good of a player I wanted to uh include in my uh, yeah, ranking. It's like it's like. Do you put John Morant most improved? Exactly. Um. So I I decided to kind of just follow my gut here, and I've been I really like the Philly guys. I really like Philly, and yeah, 
even though they looked bad in the regular season, I just I can see a scenario and game two kind of confirmed it tonight where I had this pick before game two. I could see Tyrese Maxey becoming one of the top, like maybe like top 10, top 15 point guards in the league. Like yeah. I just, I haven't seen things that this kid is doing in his second year in the playoffs before. Like Edwards is doing it and like, he's getting all this love. But I think that was more expected maybe. Exactly. Whereas no one yeah. could have expected this out of Tyrese Maxey. And I just really, really love the kid's game. And I just could see him becoming like, not just like a, auxiliary piece for the 76ers but like the big three of the future yeah yeah the big three of James Harden Joel Embiid Tyrese Maxey in the future and I think it's like starting to become clear in these playoffs and I could if Philly makes any type of deep run it's going to be because of him like we kind of already said well he's part of what kept them afloat before they made the Harden trade you know yeah exactly I stepped up there and really like it wasn't that much for a lot of reasons the Sixers roster wasn't freaking out because Benson wasn't coming back, but they just didn't have to make some like they didn't have to go ahead out and get Darren Fox because they had Tyrus Max. You know what I'm saying? Like he just held down the fort. Yeah, for sure. And it's it's really, really and like it's not only just that like he's really good, he's really exciting and fun to watch. And that's the coolest part about him to me. Yeah, no, I love it. He can like He's in some ways a lot of what I wish quickly was at right now, you know, because he just is constantly moving when he's doesn't have the ball in his hands, which I love about players. Like he hit some logo three and like when like pumped up the crowd, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, and then closing out this little segment, uh, I know I like touched upon him with Riley's Dinwiddie argument, but like it wouldn't be fair to pick Brunson because I didn't have him before his 41 point performance today. But I mean, God, it, it could be him too. It really could be. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, he, he's going to be a free agent after this summer or after this playoffs, and, like, he's probably going to get, like, a, a really big contract, and I really don't – I think he might deserve it. I think he's an amazing player. He does everything I would want out of a point guard. He's a passer. He could shoot. I mean, you know, it's not a fluke if you're dropping 41 in a massive playoff no. game at home. No, like, he's at the point where it's, I remember – when the Nuggets had that really exciting, like, Game 7 series with the Blazers, you know, and, like, Murray yeah. had some great games then. That, that Jamal ended up getting his fat contract after that. I think that could, I That's think a great comparison. A very similar crossroads in his career. Very I think good. he could be on the same level of a player. Very, very good comparison. I completely agree. All right, uh, moving on uh, to this category. I kind of I named it as a role player who become a household name. Now, this – it doesn't necessarily – yeah, it couldn't necessarily be like a – it doesn't have to be a bench player. It doesn't have to be like a, a superstar elite. But it's just a guy who's like – like we saw it with Jimmy Butler back in the day where he became a household name in the playoffs. And like a player like that, you know, that type of thing. Who did you have for this? I went with Rob Williams. I think like really big basketball heads and Celtics fans know who this guy is. But I think I want to start getting some like, you know, some boomers with Time Lord t-shirts. Yeah, I mean, I – I don't know. I, I, I love Robert Williams. Like, I you love, love the Celtics. Him. Just I embrace really him. I might become a Celtics fan for the rest of the playoffs. I don't know. I really love everything about them. But yeah. Could the Celtics be the Bucs? That'd be, that'd be special. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, but I mean, I, first of all, amazing name, Time Lord. Like, first of all, like that has superstar potential all over it. Like, it's so marketable. Like, you know the watch promotions? Yeah. Like, it's, it's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. Like, he could be, and like the way he plays is so different 
than most players in the NBA. Like the defensive, the defensive power he plays, uh, he can block like eight shots in a game, which is like my favorite part about him. And he's a rim runner. He could dunk. He could catch an alley. Yeah. And he's just very exciting. And if the Celtics make a run, he's I'm sure going to be a huge, huge part of it. He's it. Like if he comes back, I think that is what seals the deal for them. Yeah. Uh, so our, our pal, our pal Riley for this. Gutted when he went out. Oh yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, no, just, that's what I'm going to think twice about it. But they're really holding on the fort while he's gone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, our pal Riley here had Jordan Poole for this one. I don't even know if I could consider him a role player at this point, but because he's so so good. Yeah, uh, but, that's but yeah, but in player. the terms in in the term of becoming like a household name, like Poole isn't a household name yet, and. He's a and Riley's logic. He's a huge asset for a huge market team on a huge state on a huge stage, and regular people learn about him. And it's like right. I kind of agree with that statement. It's I feel like a lot of like regular casual basketball fans don't really know that this kid's a superstar. And like he, I think he dropped thirty again tonight. Like, yeah, you, and this is really who he is. Like generally, who he is. They have their franchise figured out. It's crazy. Yeah, like you you expect that type of thing from Curry. You expect that type of thing from Clay. Maybe even expect it from Wiggins, but a casual fan wouldn't expect it from Poole. And this is what you're getting. Poole's amazing. And I think uh, Riley's always been on the train of starting Poole over Clay, but I think the, I like next, best thing, the next best thing is just play them all. Of it, having all three of them on the court. It's really incredible. It doesn't even matter who starts. No, it's freaky. And I think Curry's always been a player where the rest of his team playing well, like and running around doing stuff, is really good for him. Because he's just like when a player can pull up from anywhere and you know really do it for the first time, and like no one else in NBA history, they're gonna get swarmed. So sometimes you look at a box score like oh they just doubled stuff all night, but when you have someone to distract you, a team like that and be a threat to really space things out, it's gonna be so much better for Clay and stuff. Like they're frothing the mouth right now. It's the idea of. Uh, Jordan Poole. There's no bigger Jordan Poole fans than the Splash Brothers. Yeah, I, I think, besides like the Bill Simmons podcast, I think we're probably the number two Jordan Poole podcast out there, because we all love the guy. I mean, look at this. Like, Clay had 21 tonight, Poole 29, and Steph 34. It's crazy. It's, un- it's unguardable if they're all hot. And it's like, it's really, really fun to watch, too. It, it's my favorite Warriors death lineup. It's crazy. I love it a lot. <laughs> I love when you're happy, man. Look at this. <laughs> well, it's been so long, man. Think about it. Last year, they just yeah. didn't even make it. Uh, COVID year, they didn't even make the bubble. And then it was like four years, or was it three years of KD? I don't even remember. Uh, four. I don't, four. I don't care. It was a dark time in my life. But like, so it's been so long since I've really been able to enjoy this Warriors team. And it's, yeah, I think it was just three because they were supposed to three peat. And then the three peat season was when his like, as a he blew out his leg against Toronto, right? Yeah, that like, the, that injury is having will have like reverberations in the NBA. I think forever. I think that, well. that's the reason why they're not rushing out Jamal. It's the reason why they're not rushing out Zion. Like people are just realizing it's better to buckle in and not do it. Yeah. All right, for my role player, who I think is going to become a household name, I dug deep for this one. Uh, I went I went over my my Heat culture folk. Uh, a lot of people, they're, start, they're shooting guards. A lot of people talk about Tyler Hero. Obviously, it's the favorite for sixth man of the year. Duncan Robinson, we already mentioned on this pod, at eight threes off the bench. Uh, but they have a starting shooting guard by the name of Max Struess, who starts for a reason. This kid, I love him. 
he Max is awesome. He had a better year than Duncan Robinson by all regards. Absolutely. Yeah, he can knock down a three like anybody else. No one on Miami can really shoot threes besides like uh, these shooting guards. And again, they're starting Struce over Duncan Robinson and Hero. And Struce plays defense. That's the reason he buys in to the defense of Heat culture. And he's going to get a lot of minutes for this team. And he's going to have at least, I think in their run this playoffs, he's going to have at least uh, three or four games where he drops 20, 25 points, hits like five, six threes. And people are going to be like, who the fuck is this guy? I'm like, I told you it was Max Struess. I really like that pick, man. Because that's <laughs> why they were like lingering at the top all year long, right? It's because they had these other guys to step we up. And up, a lot yeah. of like franchises and coaches would like ride Hero and Duncan, but the fact that he's like, no, this guy is like who we need for this time and place. It is pretty awesome. Spolstra, I mean, I have all the respect in the world for Spolstra. One of my favorite coaches in the league, and I think he's one of the best in the league. There's a reason he's starting this kid. He knows something. I know something because I've watched so many Heat games, and I, I've seen this kid play, and he's had amazing games already this year. And I just, I, I think he's the perfect type of playoff guy. I think he's the guy who's going to be playing off the ball. Everyone's going to be worrying about Jimmy. Everyone's going to be worrying about Kyle. Everyone's going to be worrying about Bam. Everyone's worried about Tyler Hero. No one's going to be worried about Max Struess. And he's going to be left open a ton of times, and he's going to knock down killer threes. And he's my X factor for the Heat. I really, really am excited for his breakout. It's coming. I'm jealous of that pick. I'm sitting <laughs> here with Max. You know what's crazy? I'm going to eat these. I a lot of times got him and Gabe Vincent mixed up this year. I was like, oh, I, I like know Gabe that. Vincent too. <laughs> That's a completely different topic. I just knew that like he had two guys I hadn't heard of before that were like making a splash and like was fun to watch. Often got them mixed up, but I'm excited to differentiate. Yeah, ho- hopefully this uh, this segment this year turns out better than last year when me and Riley Riley had a rivalry over Matisse Thibault and Royce. I, yeah, I think I was. <laughs> how about yeah? What a much better place basketball is in this year. Look at that. Yeah. Well. This man, I can't believe we're on year two of favorite role players. I think this might be the Delvadova award. Yeah, seriously. We can literally That's just call it that. It. And the, the I, deli. Yeah. While while we're uh, while we're talking about it, um but first Matisse Thibel, I guess we don't really talk about this. Like there's just gonna be this whole storyline where Matisse can't play in Toronto. It was gonna be a big deal. Can we stop with this Matisse Thibel narrative rest <laughs> of the world? Like Matisse. I did that like uh, that meme of the, the gangster from Dark Knight. It's like enough about the Batman. Enough just, about Matisse Thibault. Ma- he played ten minutes tonight in a fifteen point. He's not relevant. No one. Ca- he stinks. It back up on that. I don't know if he stinks. He is like one of the best perimeter guards in the league, but he does, he can't score. And like, yeah, what do we say? Being a great defensive player who can't put up numbers does not translate to playoff basketball. It's not somebody – yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's not somebody you want in the playoffs. He's not – like, it's the same thing with Ben Simmons. Like, he can't shoot and he can't score. And that's why the Sixers were a disaster last year. They were playing both of them at the same time. Yeah. I mean, God helps other teams. If This guy was, like, an okay three-point shooter. Yeah. I, I Sorry. This was a complete tangent. I just really, really don't like Matisse Thibault. Um, anyway, I'm with, I'm with it. I like it. He's been a little bit, he's been disappointing. Well, yeah, it fits uh, the last category we're going to move into here, which is what do you think is going to be the biggest disappointment of the playoffs? Um, I wish I, I should have put Thibault as my answer, but I just spewed on about it there anyway. Uh, who do you have as your biggest disappointment? I think there's going to be a lot of talk about how bad that Jimmy Butler's contract is pretty soon. Ooh, oh, this is going to be a war. I think we're going to, I think. 
they're going to look really exciting against Atlanta. Then I think they're going to hit a big, fat wall against the Sixers. Oh, in a revenge series against. Uh, I think I think the Sixers are going to have like the three best players on the on the court whenever they're playing against Philly. I'm really excited about Philly, which is crazy, <laughs> but I just think. That, yeah, I mean, I, don't know. I think these are all great role players, but I don't think they're going to come through all that cohesively. You think they're going to put Bible on Jimmy Butler? <laughs> they might. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much. Uh, I think they're set up that. for a lot of like talk about. All right, what was this all really about? I, yeah. I, I can fall apart a bit. That's a fair take to have. I mean, I just I disagree just because I'm a huge Heat culture guy. But yeah, if the Heat flame out, I could definitely see that like taking place because. It warrants those conversations, right? It, the contract's really not that good, and Jimmy Butler was bad in the playoffs last year, so he's like bad. I really wanted to go on, like going on that move. I don't know. Yeah, totally, totally understand the vision there. Uh, I think you, like great that Tatro is their number one scorer, but like, can you can we rely on that in like huge, huge games? No, probably not. And they're gonna need Jimmy to step up if they want. Uh, we'll only need Max Struess. What if Max Struess just becomes the next Jimmy Butler, averaging like 25 points a game? You didn't factor that into your prediction, did you? No, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, no, no, this is not a Struess household. I don't see it. I'm anti, anti-Struess. The anti-Struess? You can't be anti-Struess. <laughs> right. It's intrusible. Don't see it. Uh, our pal Riley here went with uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, which is, again, it's just sad. It's, it's, probably, it's, it's a bummer. It's, it's sad because he's probably right. It's, I have no fun talking about that one. Yeah, uh, we already kind of touched on the same reasons he agreed. He's like, DeMar, DeRozan's going to have a, have to produce at a superstar level to beat a far superior opponent. And if game one is any indication, I don't see it happening. And he's he's right. It's just sad. I, he's The question is, are people going to be disappointed in him or will they accept it and be like, yeah, this was expected? That's the biggest question. Yeah, I think it's going to depend how that series ends up looking. I think if they get swept, it, I think it, he falls into being correct there. Yeah, and again, if it's a sweep, I, I'm i not going to hold it against DeMar at all. I'll take it in as like a – they just – like that. this team wasn't like at, clicking at the right time. It was never going to work. But mainstream media is going to be all over. Riley's right about that for sure. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, for mine – I actually – here we go again. Uh, Steve likes to, you know, shit on the Milwaukee Bucks a lot. We're coming down Milwaukee? Come on. <laughs> the new year. Same old bit. Of course I am. The stage. I literally think I did this exact bit last year. Okay, so first off, I want to say uh, Nikolai Jokic. That's like a – I'm throwing that out there after watching game two today. People are going to shit on him and be like, how do we vote for this guy for MVP? Like he just got swept by Golden State, throwing tantrums, getting kicked out of the games. I think that's going to be a big narrative that none of us have talked about because we submitted these picks before tonight's game. All right, about that, yeah. And that'll be sad. We already kind of mentioned it uh, a little bit ago. Like... He, he doesn't deserve any of that. Um, but, yeah, my, my disappointment pick, it's uh, it's Chris Middleton, man. And I just think if Milwaukee – Heat it up. Give him time. No, no, no. It's not, it's not just about game one. It was a bad game one. I get that. That happens. But I actually have, like, fair logic. I think you'll appreciate this. Um, I mean, it, if the Bucks don't make the finals, or if they don't win the finals, I don't think it's going to be Giannis's fault. I don't think Giannis is too good. And no one's going to blame Giannis. Everyone loves Giannis. 
They're going to need to find someone else to blame. I think they're just going to blame it on Chris Middleton for no matter how well he plays. He could be bad. He could be okay. But, like, who would you blame if Milwaukee doesn't win the finals, you know? Are they, do you think anyone blames Giannis? I just don't think anybody would. I mean, he's the one I'll blame. But, like, no one ever blames Steph when the Warriors lose, you know? Like, that's, I think he's just going to get that much love. Like, no one's going to think it's Giannis' fault. And I think it won't be his fault because he'll be probably averaging, like, 30, 15, and 6, and they'll lose anyway. Absolutely. And I, I don't know. I think it's – they're a nerve-wracking team. I think their next series is going to be really close. For sure. But that – my uh, – yeah, that's my logic of picking Chris. And I just think he's the most inconsistent awesome this year. What did you say? But overall hasn't been that incredible this year. No, and he never is. And, like, he's just very inconsistent, and here we go again. We might just be the one team, though, where that's okay. I don't know. Like, we're going to find out if Giannis is just that good, I think. That's, but that's the issue. It's like, it might be okay, but if it's not, I don't think you could blame a guy averaging 35, 15, and 6. It's like, Chris Middleton is going to be the guy who gets the blame, and that's going to be the guy I blame because I like Drew Holiday, and I don't like Chris. So that's all it is. And so that's my pick for disappointment. Good blame picks. But that, and so the reason I have that, I'll say it right now, is because I don't have uh, Milwaukee even making the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're not mine either. We'll use that as our transition into uh, releasing our playoff bracket. Um, Big moment. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. So we already announced kind of our winners of uh the first round uh so we really don't need to go back into that we'll kind of recap it uh as we go uh but yeah so in the second round of the playoffs i have uh golden state taking on memphis and i have uh golden state winning in six john who do you have in that series let's see here i'm scrolling through i have the grizzlies winning in five (laughs) Oh, so this is where you take your shot at Golden State. This, if the second game, second game was very indicative. They looked great tonight. So, so this, this is where we go to war them. I just, but I, I don't know. I don't know too. I, yeah, I just, I see John Moran actually again taking over game and more just of a, a firm, firm top like eight player leap this year and just really dominating. And I don't know. I just do not believe in Steph Curry's clutch gene one bit. Yeah, see, oh, well, oh, I, I, you know what? I'm just going to temper it and not yell at <laughs> that because I'm really mad. I don't uh, see it. Where's it been? I mean, he, he's won two finals. Off, yeah, not, not off of like, I don't know, a lot of clutch play on his own. Yeah, well, you know what? We can say, we can take this off the mic because I might beat you up. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> if but, there's news, they'll see it. Well, so here, here's my biggest issue with that take, though, John, personally, in general is, like, I genuinely struggled picking the winner of Memphis and uh, Minnesota. And, like, I just – if that's a struggle, I don't see them rebounding and beating one I of agree. the – What you say? Yeah. Well, if this young team is that ready and the, the historical pedigree that the Warriors have is substantial enough, I just think that every time that they've met in the regular season this year, I've been really impressed with Memphis. I think Memphis kind of has their number – then they have a lot of speed in the front court where the Warriors don't. It's de- it's definitely an interesting matchup. Yeah, I, I think the Memphis won the regular season series. I'll, I'm going to give it the advantage to Memphis. All right. I, I, Five I hope... might be aggressive, but I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> I hope that series happens. Uh, Me too. It really it really will be a lot of fun. Um, and then they were know, they were that playing game last year with them was awesome. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I forgot about that. That'll be like a narrative too. That'll be a lot of fun. Bring it on. I'll be looking forward to that. We'll be if that series does happen. I, I cannot see a scenario where one of us isn't yelling at each other on this podcast live. I just oh, that's gonna be a blast. It's gonna happen, and I'm really excited for it. That is my prediction. I think I'm rooting with you. <laughs> I just it, it, it doesn't matter. I don't want I don't want your support. If you, if you pick Memphis, you could fucking root for Memphis. Um, <laughs> You're not allowed. Uh, but yeah, that's that'll be a fun one, John. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah. Uh, the other the other Western series in the second round. I have Suns in Dallas. You have Suns in Utah. Who do you have winning? I have the Suns and four against the Jazz. Offered <laughs> <laughs> by after looking pretty good against the Mavericks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a weird it, bracket. I like it. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. I mean, it's. I think if Utah does advance, I also agree that they would just get swept. Um, and I think if Utah does advance, it's because Luca's not playing, which means like, okay, like if you beat the Dallas Mavs without Luca, is that really an accomplishment? Probably not. And I agree. I think Phoenix is just a whole other level. And I think they'd sweep Utah. And I have them beating Dallas in five. So it really doesn't make much of a difference. Phoenix is getting to the cup. Seen... Yeah. All right. Uh, over in the East, uh, I will start with the Heat and Sixers. We're going to differ here. And we could also end up yelling at each other in this series, I'm sure. I have the Heat over Sixers in six. Who do you got? I have the Sixers in six against Miami. Yeah, and that one, that one will be a war because that's like two teams that you just really don't like, right? Those teams and stuff. I'm rooting for Miami there. I, I, I love that. I love you. You'll be rooting for Miami. I appreciate that support. I'll, that... I'll take you rooting for Miami. I will not allow you to root for Golden State, though. That's not allowed if you don't pick them. Uh, but yeah, I think this series will be interesting if it happens because, I mean, it, you have Bam on Embiid, which is just an amazing, amazing matchup, and that's then. Perfect. Yeah, and then a bunch of wings with question marks like who, Butler on James Harden is like that's so much fun. Great defensively. Yeah, and then like you have all these guys you, like they're going to make it difficult on Jimmy Butler. Uh, he'll have guys to guard Max. It, it's just going to be a defensive war, I think. And I just think that's the best situation for James Harden being like, yes, he's had great guards next to him before, but he's never had an amazing big with him. And just for that kind of player to like suck in so much attention, I think, I think it might be okay that James Harden doesn't have that amazing like burst of energy that he used to. I think he can conjure it up from time to time. But the scary thing about the Sixers team is, I think they can get to the finals with James Harden going like averaging like twenty. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I just I think I'm actually like in a different uh, vein of thinking here. I think the Heat are probably the single worst matchup for the Sixers like possible. And that's just based on Bam's going to make Embiid's life hell. I'm sure Embiid will still, like, put up his numbers. He'll still be fine because he's Joel freaking Embiid and he's the runner-up to MVP. But it's not going to be easy. And you know who is also not going to have it easy? Like I just said, James Harden on Jimmy Butler. That's going to be hell for him. And then it comes down to my guy, Tyrese Maxey. Can he can he win the Sixers a series? I don't. I just love Heat culture. I don't think it's going to be uh, it's asking a lot out of him, but I just I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Miami. I feel like yeah, they're literally the one seed, right? Yeah, they're the one seed. Yeah, they're the one seed, but I don't know. I just feel like they have well, you, you, that, that that end of the year spiral didn't give me a lot of faith for them. Yeah, and like you've like all year you really never really bought in, right? So it's like hard to expect a team that you haven't bought into all year to beat 
a Philly team with James Harden and Embiid. So, like, it makes sense. But as a guy who's been on them all year, it's like you see the different opinions for both of us. It's like we bu- I've bought into what they're doing and you haven't. So it makes sense why we're on opposite sides. I understand a lot of times, like, things do – this is such a boring thing of me to say, and I hate that I'm like this because I do like role players and teams with chemistry. That's my favorite part about, like, the sport of basketball. But I think sometimes it just gets very black and white. The best player in the court wins you a playoff series. I just don't think that they should have that. The very, very, very possible. Um, all right, and then uh, would be another series of the year for sure. Uh, we both have Celtics. I think they get serious. Oh, yeah. We both have Celtics and Bucks. Who you got? Celtics in six against the Bucks. I, I also have Celtics in seven. And that's that's where my Chris Middleton thing comes into play. It's like if the Bucks lose second round, yeah. I, I think people are shitting all over Middleton. I really do. I think the Celtics are just loaded. I think they have like a much deeper roster. I was not impressed with the Bucks in that first game. I'm with you. We're down the Bucks again. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. We're back, baby. And Riley's not here to talk us out of it. And Again, I'm just very hyperbolic about the Celtics right now, maybe, but I don't know. They just look like really in sync. I think they'll be a good matchup against them. I don't think they'll be able to guard their uh, – if they play like Derek White – no, I'm sorry, if they do Smart, uh, Brown, and Tatum like one, at the one through three, like I don't I don't see the answer for that. I think Giannis is an incredible player. Like He's won defensive player of the year before and like was really kind of up there again this year. But I don't think he can go out to the perimeter and guard those guards like that consistently. And what's funny about uh, this one too is like, if we're both going against the Bucks here, Riley's usually the one that reins us in. He's like, guys, like the Bucks, like come on, you, you know they're they're really good, like they're gonna be able to do it, whatever. But if they're playing his Celtics, he's gonna be right with us. So we're gonna Absolutely. be com- we're gonna be just completely anti Bucks podcast. It's gonna be hilarious. They've won their ring. It's okay. I, and I love this team. I would root for them. I think against. Any other team? I don't. I'm. I'm like. A, I. I really do enjoy the Celtics. I've. I've been on the record. The original Big Three helped to get me into the NBA originally as a. As a young warthog, I'm with it. I want to see this team. You've had a great narrative all year long. Let's see it. Yeah. Anyone who says Knicks fans can't root for the Celtics under any circumstance, shut up. Like, there's not a huge rivalry there historically. There's literally. I since I've been a fan, there's literally been zero rivalry between the Knicks and Celtics at all. Like I don't. Much stronger with the Pacers. Much stronger yeah, with the Heat. Yes. Like I don't give a shit. I like the Celtics guys. I'm going to root for them. I don't care. Absolutely. <clears throat> so we bo- Yeah, so we both agree there. All right. Uh, conference finals. So you have Memphis and the Suns. Who you got? I have the Suns in – let's see how many. Suns in six. Yeah, I just – I can't finals. see the Suns lose. I also, against my better judgment, also have the Suns beating Golden State in seven. I can't. I hope that's. I would love that series. That would be so much fun. That would be the most fun of my life. And I'm rooting for the Warriors if it's not if it's not, if that's oh, the series. Not, I'm not allowing you. <laughs> At that point, I can't flip back. <laughs> well, I guess anything's possible. With what I did for the Bucks last year, I guess you get one pass. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> this is a this little podcast. I'm so happy this we have the chance to do it all. Knocked. It's a great uh, encapsulation of our friendship. But, yeah, literally. Uh, but I guess in both of our scenarios, it's literally. There's nothing else to say about the Suns just that they're just amazing, and I just think it's it might be their year. That's all I gotta say. I think so. I think they're learning and growing, getting better from last year. All right, uh, and then in the East, I got uh, I got the Celtics in Heat. I have the Celtics winning in seven. Also, I got two game sevens in the conference finals. Again, I'm not gonna gush over the Celtics anymore. I just against my better judgment, 
my ideal finals would be Golden State Heat, just because those are my two teams. But I went with my head here and went Suns Celtics in the finals. And now, who do you have, Celtics or Sixers? I have the Sixers and seven against. Wow, the that's that's a good, that's a crazy take. I, I told you I have a really weird finals. No, and I, I actually respect it. I'm surprised you came around fully, fully on the Sixers like that. I, I'm just really impressed by <laughs> one game or two games. Riley would not be think, happy. If he was I think Joel's just legit. I think he's shaking off the rust a bit, but it's okay. He hasn't played that well. I think we're going to see some Niang games. <laughs> now, are you taking into account at all the Sixers and Celtics history? I think obviously Celtics own them. Celtics have had their number, yeah. So are you saying, like, this is it? Like, they finally get over the hump, take down the Celtics, and advance to the finals? They figure it out. Absolutely. This is this is a crazy, crazy turn of events because I think three weeks ago, I was the only one who was like, I think Philly's going to make the finals. And I reversed myself. And now you took that card. And I, I've reversed in the past few weeks. I just see it. I kind of like it's their it. year. It's kind of crazy. And that's kind I think, of what I think Harden can just afford to take some nights off where he's never been able to do that in his career before. And dude, I really, really like love the scenario of that happening. I think it would be so cool if the Philly wins the finals. And like, I don't think a lot of people agree with that, but I'm all aboard on that train. So now it works out where my sister, it's the Suns and Six, the Suns and Sixers. Now I can be all in, see Chris Paul get a ring, Suns and Six easily. The Sixers yeah. will be so gassed <laughs> from just being in an absolute seven-game dogfight with the Celtics, and they will lose. So now are you are you rooting for Philly, though? I don't think so, right? No. Yeah, you hate them. <laughs> you still hate Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I'm rooting for the Celtics in that series. <laughs> I just see them losing. But, but hey, that's the, that's the sign of a good – It's uh, the point of, like, yeah, there's, predi- there's predictions yeah. and what you want. What I want that's to happen is a very different-looking bracket. That's the sign of a good media member. It's like most of the time I can't even, like uh, – control myself i just have to take the teams i like but i was able to do it with the uh, conference finals at least uh but then i also have the suns winning against the celtics in six i just think it's the year of the suns i think chris paul gets his finals mvp and go chris paul that's kind of my pick there too that'd be fun who wouldn't like that yeah for sure all right uh, I, so may make, I may make another bracket of what I want. That would be funny because it will be so completely different than what you I'm, just picked. I'm all, all about right. it. Too many blasts here. Actually, I, it, it was really fun to go ahead and get the out our awards. I think it actually is like kind of even more up-in-the-air playoffs than we had last year. Oh, and probably more up-in-the-air playoffs than we've like ever seen as fans, I think, honestly. Yeah, it's crazy. I think for a while I thought we were on the crash course of Suns Bucks, but again, like I don't know. I think whoever, like you said, I think whoever wins that Nets, oh, it's gonna be <laughs> Nets Celtics, that's <laughs> Sixers. Like, there's so many variables. I love it all. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it all. I'm looking forward to covering it all on this podcast with you and the missing Riley. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be here today, but really looking absolutely missed his voice. Back. I need to be reined in. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he was the kind of. <laughs> kind of like the mediator between us sometimes. <laughs> kind, of, kind of miss him there. I don't trust myself in the ISO. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll time it. Uh, so we're hopping back on like right about when all the se- uh, first round series are ending. I don't know if that'll be Sunday, maybe like Monday or Tuesday again next week. Uh, but that way we'll be able to recap as many series as possible and preview the round two series and see who is completely wrong and completely right with their picks. So. 
absolutely. Steve, thanks for guiding the ship. I think you have a break career ahead of you, man. You sounded phenomenal tonight. Oh, thanks, dude. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. We're just, we're just, we're just the brightest and most wholesome pod. Yeah. As long as we're not arguing about the Warriors, we get along great. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, so it's been a blast. Uh, if you need to uh, catch up on anything Hoop Fiends, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Hoop Fiends Pod. And like I said, we'll catch you guys in about a week or so after the first round of most of these series. Take care, everybody. Have a good night, John. Good night, Stephen.